Unless you will begin to make things right. Traitor! Escape now. Hug later. All right, let's light it up. Until you drop your weapon. And I'll drop my weapon. That's not how the force works. I'm in charge now, Phasma. I'm in charge. That lightsaber, it belongs to me. Come get it. everyone this is the knights of outer red this week we will be speaking about a little movie that is now the biggest movie of all fucking time star wars the force awakens the first episode that we did was called before the force awakens and this one will be called come on who wants to guess what the this one's gonna be called i bet it's gonna be called after oh my god after <laughs> i'm just i'm just just throwing that out there are I you I could be are wrong. you ESPN? Do you have ESPN? I could be wrong. Yes. <laughs> after <laughs> The Force Awakens. It's also, if you just look up on the Skype chat, it says right there, Knights of Outer Rim That was 2, my hint. After The Force Awakens. Mine just says Knights of OU outer, dot outer dot R. dot. Yeah, Outer oh. R. Yeah. Oh. How come Julia is the only one who can see that? Mine mm. says it... No. I can't. Oh, oh, if I oh move she my has mouse. an iPhone six. That's why. Oh, oh no, no, it's right there. It's right there. If I there. move my it's mouse, right I see it now. I, yeah. It just it disappears, so I can see all of your guys' faces better. All right. So on this episode, we have a shitloads of people. As usual, Jared Jones is with us. Tell them, Jared, what is your? Tw- Actually, fuck it. Don't tell them. Uh, Jared the Jones. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, Julia is with us, and uh, don't tell us what you are. Actually, we you are a super villainist. Everyone knows that. Katie Peters, uh, as who's on every single episode, even when she isn't, she's there somehow. So you know, with maybe us, you haven't us. heard her, but she's always there. And uh, her dearest love, Andy, <laughs> was uh, was your first Hello. first Hello. podcast ever? Is first this podcast your... ever? Yes. Oh my awesome. God. We awesome. Awesome. We like to have people on who've never done a podcast before because it makes it a challenge and we like a challenge, you know. And usually the people who've never done a podcast are the best and it's the people who've done podcasts, they suck. They expect great things from you. You're like little <laughs> Anakin at the end of Phantom Menace, you know. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly as dispassionately as you see. Come on. <laughs> Jake I Lloyd Jake was Lloyd, terrific. Man. I blame. Jordan. I do like Jake Lloyd. He's fine. He's yeah. a great guy. Fine guy. Great guy. Sweet. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. All right. So we've all seen this little movie called The Force Awakens, which is now. Well, some of us have seen it a million times. I've seen it. Okay, let's go through how many times everyone's seen it. Obviously, none of us, because we're all huge Star Wars fans, none of us would see it only once. Oh, you're so, digitally trolling. Oh, man. Oh. I can't, because Julia lives in the city of New York, where it's about $45 a ticket, <laughs> uh, so she could only see it once. But I saw, Jared- Gravity in th- I saw Gravity in 3D, and I had to take out a second loan. <laughs> When I, when the last time I was in New York, that's, that's no good. Oh my God, I believe you. 
Uh, I actually saw Gravity also in 3D, and I believe we took out a mortgage, a second <laughs> yeah, no, mortgage like, on the house. It was like $300 ahead. <laughs> yeah, it cost $18 to see a movie here, so. That's 2D. That's, <laughs> that's 2D. Awful. That's yeah, that's not, 2D. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I've had bills to pay, man. I got oh. I got kids. I got, you know. Now I people got... understand why I go funded myself. <laughs> it's expensive at the stupid theater that I took my parents to, the uh, luxury theater here. It was $13 uh, for yeah. for them, I think. That's why I went to matinee showings. Yeah, for 2D for seniors with a discount. We, and we don't have matinee showings here in New York, so I yeah, can't even... that's why I, I'm in New Jersey, so I get to do that. But yes, we, I went to uh, three matinee showings. And then I went to two non-matinee shows. Actually, I, I'm sorry. I can't say that the the, um, the other showing I went to, which was a New York showing at 1230, was not a matinee. But my friend actually invited me to that, and he paid um, his Christmas gift to me. So that was at the uh, Zico. Oh, and I think Johnny Grasso is joining hey. us. Oh, Johnny! Johnny! Hey, everybody. All right, so we have all seen The Force Awakens now. Uh, everyone but Jules has seen it at least 20 times. <laughs> uh, and that's not her own fault. I mean, I don't know why you guys didn't contribute more to a GoFundMe, but whatever. You know, that's she on you stuff. all. I know she's a little busy right now with her Tinder profile, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm here. I'm here. It pays to be cute, I guess. No one ever Tinders me. I mean, I'm not on Tinder. That's it hasn't paid yet. <laughs> Jules put on, uh... Jules, what was that picture you put up on uh, on Twitter? You were trying to like uh, flag down some fans with that one there, huh, buddy. What? What are you talking about? You put, you Didn't put, you have you put, a, you put up a selfie? When? Yeah, sometimes I do that. Yeah, it oh. looked good. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Thanks. Oh, the other day. I it wasn't that. meant to be like sexy. It was just a picture. Oh, it, it was wasn't. sexy like a meow meow baby. Got my attention. <laughs> Oh, look, she does look like a <laughs> meow meow right there. Like a dying cat. Um, <laughs> that's right. See, I'm smooth like that with the ladies, guys. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that really. <laughs> you did start to sound like Susie, though, there. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, don't worry. That dying cat sound. <laughs> My dream girl. Back with us, throwing kill. Hello. And everyone's favorite, Josh. AKA, what the hell is your username again? <laughs> Messelin. Spell it for me. M E S E L Y N. Well, yeah, I knew the Y. I knew that one. I'm smart like that. <laughs> oh, so uh, if you put a C in there, it's like the drug, right? Exactly. Mescaline. That's how I always think of it. Every time I see his name <laughs> pop up, I go, oh, I'm high or something. Pre- prescription strength. It's like, exactly. I know what mescaline does. And we have Troop of Five, Tim, man. Say hello to everybody. Hello, how are you guys doing? <laughs> so we've all seen The Force Awakens. How many times have you seen it, Jarrett? Five. I, I got into an argument with my niece. She was like, you've seen it more than five. I'm like, just because it's a huge, like, just because you want to give me shit about it does not mean I've seen it more than five times. <laughs> and uh, my nephew, I think, wants to see it again, but he doesn't want to, like, admit it because he's, he's so fucked up by Han's death. Like he doesn't what? want to admit. Oh, by the way, so there's gonna be spoilers. There's gonna be. Spo- oh my God, Jared! Oh no! Uh, life, life ruined. <sighs> Guys, there's gonna be spoilers I saw on this podcast. Two hours before me. 
<laughs> I thought we were okay with spoilers after the first. I mean, no, everybody no, should. No, no, you never grit. know. You never know who's going to tune into a podcast and be like, "Oh, this must be a spoiler-free one." <laughs> and then you know, so don't worry, I'll announce it before well, the when I do the actual. Then why would they be watching? They what? They it's called After the Force Awakens. I know, <laughs> I know, but you know what? People are insane. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, they're really stupid. Well, you have to hold hands. On them. Don't underestimate the stupidity of the internet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, especially people who are furious about certain things about this movie that are actually explained in the movie, but whatever. Uh, Johnny, how many times have you seen The Force Awakens? Uh, Only three times. I'm actually pretty upset with myself. It's a respectable number. Uh, No, it's not a bad number. It's pretty good. Uh, Andy, how many times have you seen... Oh, I'm sorry. Katie, how many times has Andy seen... The Force Awakens. <laughs> He's seen it six times. And six how many times? times have you seen it? I've seen it five. That's not right, Andy. Awesome. That's five, not five. right. Yeah, I saw it with two of my friends. She That's not invited. right, Andy. <laughs> I know. Wasn't invited? <laughs> It'd be different if she couldn't make it. Believable. Oh, no, she couldn't make it. That's what it was. Oh, you couldn't it's make better. it, Katie? You busy? Oh, well, he invited me, but then I was like, no. No, we'll thanks. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah, you should have a guy's night. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Aw, guy's night. It's so special. I hate guy's night. Uh, Julia, <laughs> you've seen it once, but it was it was like an amazing once, right? Special. It it was it was a very special once. Yeah. You saw it with Yoda, it was, right? Yeah, I saw it with my dad. I See, saw it with awesome. my dad opening night, and um, I was sick, and it made me feel better. Aww. Aww. So nice. Yeah. Aww. I, I, and I've only yeah. seen it five times, so like yeah. Katie and I, it's the I popular mean, answer. Yeah, so we're not cool Andy like Andy. Six, yeah, I know. Whatever, whatever, Andy. What? If that what? even is your name. So let's go just down the line. Uh, the way I see you. Uh, talk about the first time you saw The Force Awakens. Talk about your experience of seeing it. However you want to detail it. Go ahead, Jared. <laughs> my first experience, I went to see it on my own. Uh, at the time, um, my brother, my niece and nephew weren't able to make it with me because of school and work stuff in the morning that they weren't willing to be super tired for. And uh, yeah, I ended up going right, out, right outside out of work, and I was at the second showing at a 2D 7.30 viewing, uh, and there was a group before me, and we were the only two groups that weren't out in the rain because I live in Portland, and we had 32 days of straight rain. And... Uh, yeah, we were we were uh, covered by canopies while we were waiting, but I waited for a couple hours because it wasn't reserved seatings, uh, and, and I had a great time. Uh, it was pretty pretty much everything that I wanted it to be. I knew almost everything going in, but it I, I still felt like really satisfied. And uh, the character who I was most excited for, I feel like I, I enjoyed the most as well. But uh, it was Finn. But I was also blown away by everybody, even the, even the first viewing. Uh, pretty much every every person sold me, except that I've I feel differently than I did in the first viewing about a, a, who is Hux uh, Donald Gleason. I didn't didn't enjoy him as much the first time around. I really didn't right. appreciate him. He stood out as feeling different because I and I feel like uh, evaluating it in the, on that first viewing his hamminess. I feel like he kind of played it up in a way that the rest of them didn't, and it almost felt reminiscent of. Uh, something George Lucas would have directed in a way. <laughs> it felt very very much like an old serial. And uh, yeah, it was over the top, but effective. And 
no, that's his performance was the only one that stood out at the time, and I was totally blown away by Adam Driver, who I had not really seen in much, but uh, was very much unsure of based on what I had seen, and like the, you know the toy recordings and everything so screwed up in those things, you know, and and the, the you know stupid leaked stuff and whatnot. All, all the audio was so distorted. I was not sure how I'd like it, but I, I felt like everything, all the, all the the sound in the film was amazing, and. Uh, yeah, up until the very last moment, I was on the edge of my seat, and I came out of there, jumping, jumping up and down, and happy, and not giving a shit about the rain, and like <laughs> super ready for episode eight more than I ever have been, and uh, inexplicably uh, having Pointer Sisters songs in my head, and just like I don't know if it was like an eighties flashback to like my early childhood. <laughs> That's good, man. All right, cool, Johnny. Your first viewing. Uh, first, uh, I'd like to ask Jared to please get off the eighties acid. <laughs> it's 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 harmful, Jared, and I, I care about you. Don't I, eat the brown acid, Jared. I've never ever done acid. <laughs> I don't. I, no, I don't. I I disagree. And not after that <laughs> that pointer sister comment. I don't know. Is that even the eighties? Isn't that like the seventies? I think it's both, maybe. I mean, I'm from the seventies, and even that is dated to me. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Johnny. I uh, I saw. The first time I saw The Force Awakens, it was Thursday night, 7 p.m. IMAX 3D. I saw it with uh, with a uh, this this girl, this medical student uh, who has a 4.0. Okay. So uh, that that was cool. And my first impression was, uh, well, here I'll tell you this little story. It's about halfway through, and she knows that I love Star Wars and I grew up with it. And, and and I turned to her and I was like, I'm biased, but is this movie f- fucking awesome or is it just me? And she was like, no, 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 it's fucking awesome. And like, she didn't even see the prequels. She just saw like four, five, six. Yeah. And then just, you know, so she's going to go back now and watch everything again. <laughs> but I, and I had to, I had to like, you know, it was the equivalent of pinching myself. You know, I had to ask someone who didn't have the upbringing I did, like, is this movie this good? Yeah. You know, and, and that was my really my first impression. I was blown away uh, from start to finish, and it didn't disappoint. And I knew it was going to uh, kind of call back some of the episode four and episode motifs, and I was okay with that. I thought they did it fine. I mean, when, when you're an intergalactic terrorist, if you will, you know, you have to create something that's going to make a planet scared of you. So I didn't mind that they kind of recreated the Death Star because, you know, it's just kind of like the average terrorist recreating the bomb or yeah. recreating the gun. It's kind of like what you do when you're trying to take over a galaxy. You know, you have to be able to wipe out a planet. So I, that didn't bother me at all. And I know a lot of people have problems with that. And I even thought, and not a lot of people on podcasts really talked about this, but they kind of like winked at the camera at one point when Han was like, okay, so it's bigger. There's got to be a way to blow it yeah. up. Okay, how do we blow it up? There's always a way to do that. You know, and that was that was J.J. Abrams kind of winking at us saying like, look, I know what I'm doing, but it had to be done. And in fact, there's a line set by like, I don't even know who the actor is. And he says, it's another Death Star. It's another Death Star. I wish that were the case, Major. This was the Death Star. And this is Starkiller Base. So it's big. Right, right. They're, they're throwing it in our face. Yeah. And we're okay with that. 
So yeah. they're not like trying to hide it from us. They're saying, look, this is what we did. We knew we had to do it. You know, they had to have the big tragedy. You know, Obi-Wan, you know, died in, in episode four. You know, so they had to have the tragedy in, in episode seven. You knew it was going to be Harrison Ford. Like, if you followed the movies, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff, like like the like people like us do, <laughs> that he wanted Han to be killed, that he argued for Han to be killed. Well, six. He didn't want to do six. And then, because he didn't want it to hurt his career... Or he just thought he was too big to be a, a supporting character at that time. Right. But he definitely, you're right, he definitely didn't want to do six and he wanted Han to die. He wanted this and that. And so you knew two things going in. When, once you heard Han was going to be, or Harrison Ford was going to be in the movie as Han, you knew two things. You knew he's probably going to die. <laughs> and you knew there was going to be another fucking Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> and now here it is. Once Han dies, yep, we're going to do, they confirmed they're going to do another uh, Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> What's really and funny I, about that, actually, that since you brought it up, is that it wasn't even, like, I think a lot of people have been talking about this as, you know, fait complete. Like, it was going to happen. But yet, Harrison Ford did not request that he be killed in this movie, despite what people say. It was actually, and neither did Kazan, and neither did Arndt. It was actually J.J. Abrams who said, we have to kill Han. And so, and the uh, the rest of the guys were like, I don't know, maybe we should keep Han around for a little bit. But it was J.J. who really wanted it, and, and for the same reason that I think Kazan wanted to kill Han in Empire, which or in Jedi, which was to say... We have to kill someone so that the stakes are higher. And I think everyone now is talking about, all right, so who's going to die in the next one? And by killing off Han, that's what you've done. And also, to that point that everyone was expecting Han to die anyway, that's why when he goes out on that on the, uh, the, draw, the, the railless bridge, bridge yeah. uh, everyone <laughs> expects him to die. And that's why I've heard some critics say, well, it's just too obvious. Yeah, it was already obvious going in. So that's why they didn't even try to trick us. They were just like, he's going out there to die, guys. Yeah, <laughs> once once Leia said, bring my boy back home yep. or something like that, you were like, oh, this is it isn't going to end well for you, buddy. Yeah. If you see our son... And even though you feel that way, you're still like, oh, shit. It's not about the fact that Han's going to die. It's how is Han going to die? That's what's important. That's what's great about that scene. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. You were still talking about that. Yeah, so uh, start to finish, loved everything. Uh, even the stuff that a lot of people are complaining was uh, a episode four slash five rehash didn't bother me whatsoever because, again, you know, there's not too many options left creatively. I mean, maybe they could have unleashed uh, biochemical warfare on a planet instead of blowing it up, but it's still the same thing. And they I, st and they still be going, oh, it's just a rehash. Like if you if you hear people, they talk about, oh, it's just a remake of a New Hope. It's not a remake of a New Hope. It uses like three elements from a New Hope in it. It's just an easy soundbite way of talking about it. So they go, it's a rehash. So if they had done like chemical weapons, they would be like. Still, it's just really just another Death Star. Yeah, either way, people are going to complain. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from start to finish, I loved it. I love the way it ended. Um, I, 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 uh, I know we're going to get into, like, our top three characters, our top least three, yeah. so I won't, I won't go into that yeah. right now. But start to finish, like, I loved it. And the only, uh, the only really negative I have is just some of the stuff seemed forced. 
But again, they were trying to make it a movie for everybody, so I can't complain. They were just trying to make me, the moviegoer, happy, so I can't complain. Yeah. Andy, tell us about your first experience. I mean, right. watching The Force Awakens. Watching All, the Force right. Awakens. <laughs> All right. So uh, I saw it with Katie, uh, the Thursday night showing, Blimax 3D, um, 7.30. We waited in the cold. Um, that whole week, it was like in the 60s, and then the night of the premiere, it was like 35 degrees so uh yeah that wasn't fun that's fahrenheit um, for all our european fahrenheit. and canadian <laughs> listeners we dressed up i was han um katie was ray so we had costumes which was cool waited in line got in there about 6 30 got in the theater about seven ish i think um was it a long line or it was it was it was very we were about a third of the way through it it went back i think they said that night total they let in about five thousand people for all the showings so for three thousand five thousand and that's like that. half the state of indiana yeah it is yeah <laughs> pretty much um, <laughs> so again in the theater um it was probably the longest half hour of my life probably just waiting for the movie yeah. um and there's so many you know commercials and all the trailers because the trailer started at 7.30, of course. So then yeah. you had to wait till like, 8 o'clock till the movie started. So the movie started. Crawl happened. Um, for two hours and, what, 15 minutes, I was um, blown away, I'd say. That was my main reaction was, wow, at the end. It was, wow. Um, so I knew all the spoilers. Like most of us, I think, we, we yeah. knew the we knew the basic beats. But uh, just seeing it all come together, I think, was really great. Um, my one, like complaint it's not even a complaint anymore but my one complaint after the first viewing was phasma was a letdown for sure yeah because i expected her to do something like something but she didn't do anything at all um well we could argue that but uh you know she does yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she does you. order yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, execution of the villagers right so the villagers That's not a gripe now, but it was a gripe after my first viewing. Um, I think the main thing I could take from my first viewing was I, I didn't really get emotional during any of it because I was so into the movie. It wasn't after I saw it more times I started to finally, okay, this is Han Solo. This is, you know, this is Leia. This is 3PO. These are our classic characters that we're finally seeing. But during the movie, I was clapping along with everybody else when everyone would show up, which was cool. So Han Solo showed up. Yeah! Leia showed up. Yeah! Um, so that was fun. It was fun seeing it with an audience like that because there was so much energy in the room, I think. Right. Um, and that's that's a cool thing that I enjoyed. I mean, even when the Falcon came on the first time. Yeah! Millennium Falcon! Um, so yeah, overall, great movie. Um, great start to the trilogy. It was visually stunning. JJ did a great job. Felt like an Abrams movie, but it didn't feel like an Abrams movie, if that makes sense. It felt like a Star Wars movie. Loved it a lot. Um, can't wait for eight. So, like he said, it was really busy, and that was kind of frustrating. Because I mean, I knew it'd be busy, but that was kind of annoying because there was like so many people. But, yeah. um, but then once we got in, like, I was super excited, and 
like we were just like sitting there like oh my god can this just start already <laughs> we've been waiting so long like it was better than i expected to be it was so funny there were so many funny parts in it like oh my gosh it was amazing and like annie said like the crowd we saw it with like they were super like enthusiastic about it too so it was like fun like everyone was like cheering at like when like the classic characters came on and like the falcon and stuff like our other times we've seen it like no one does anything everyone just sits there like they're all bums like i don't yeah. know like it was stupid so that's annoying like we're like literally the second time we saw it we were the only two that like yelled and like cheered for stuff like it was so stupid i was like what the fuck people like what's wrong with you that's why you have to go to the first showing of a star wars because the fans go to that first showing and it was like that for me too like everyone was excited (laughs) for that first show even the midnight showing that Mm -hmm. i went to that night but go ahead keep going i loved it i loved ray she was fantastic she was she's like my favorite character spoiler and i love i love finn and poe together i thought they were so they were so cute i love them together their little bromance thing is fantastic Yeah. yeah or is it a bromance or romance. That comes later. That's the last question. Yeah. Just saying. I know. Spoiler. <laughs> but I really liked it a lot. All of it was really good. All right, Julia, tell us about your magical night seeing The Force Awakens in the city of New York, the city that never sleeps, with your father, Yoda himself. I hated it. Oh, well, <laughs> that's it. Podcast over, guys. Um, no, we, uh, I, 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 I saw a, um, it was a one o'clock a.m. show because, uh, everything else was sold out. So we waited for about an hour and a half to see it. Um, pretty orderly line for a, for a Star Wars movie. Uh, only a few people were dressed up, I guess. Everybody was stoned. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't, but I mean, the crowd outside, I mean, there was like basically just a huge weed cloud over the entire line. So, but I guess that's what you would expect for a 1am showing. So, yeah. because everybody's already, I don't know. I wasn't surprised. Um, but it, it was kind of fun. Uh, funny. Um, you know, the movie was was great. I probably have more grievances than than most people, and I'm slightly ashamed of them. Uh, but the principal cast was excellent. Um, I wasn't surprised by anything that um, that happened, but I was surprised, I think, by some characterization choices. And then after I got out of the movie, I don't know, I guess maybe it's just because I saw it with my dad, who's a former philosophy professor, but all we did was kind of look at each other and just be like, hmm, hmm, okay, <laughs> all right, okay, okay. And then we just crashed and uh, I just fell asleep because it was at that point around uh, four o'clock in the morning. So... Um, but I was processing it. I don't know. It was, it was pretty, it was, I don't know if I'm just going through something or if I am just, uh, very critical. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too much of a movie nerd. That being said, what I can come away from the movie with that I'm most, um, proud of J.J. Abrams and the story team coming up with was, uh, Ray because um, she's a really excellent, like just a phenomenal character. I think that she's just really, I like the way she's put together. I like the cut of her jib. I I think that she's an excellent protagonist and um, no small part of that is because 
she's a woman. I mean, though, I mean, if she were a, a guy, I mean, she'd be a great character, too. But, I mean, I'm really pleased with Ray. Well, if she had been a guy, though, Mary Sue Landis would not have had a problem with him. Yeah, so right. he would have guy. no. He would have Fuck loved. He would have loved the movie. He would have been like, "Oh my I god, this some, is the best Star Wars movie ever." I, I had some words for him. So me too. I had a lot <laughs> had, of words for words Mary for Sue Landis. That's uh, to me. That's his name now. His name is Mary Sue Landis. He can just fuck off. I mean, he deserves no further mention, honestly. You know, the movie experience was great. Um, the movie itself, we can talk about that further. Throw and kill. Well, I like to say that first experience was pretty damn good. Uh, there was uh, one one hiccup that I, I will have to talk about uh, that I have to bring up, but uh, well, it, it lived up to my expectations as far as the movie goes. Uh, my entire experience was, like I said, I did have one one particular experience that kind of marred it, but that was from fan interaction that had nothing to do with the movie. Oh, really? Or, yeah, it was uh, something to do with, with my son uh, who we, we brought with us. And so if, if I take that out of the equation, I'd say, yes, there was a full-blown like 10 out of the 10. I don't know if I should talk about the rest of it. No, but, I, uh, I mean, I read about it, and I saw what you said online about it, and I think you should talk about it because, you know, I think people don't consider... Uh, what other people are also going through like i think i i understand when a theater is like hey your kids making noise and all that and they but there's always there, it's not like parents go into a theater and are like hey we don't care about the rest of you and also <laughs> right. it seems like what you did was a pro or your wife did was proactive so go ahead and talk about it i think you should we basically were there to see the movie with the making star wars crew the the core crew of uh, randy jason and amanda and uh, Tracy was there, and Mark, of course, was there, and then Ron. Of course, you know, we got to get an F Ron in there, of course. <laughs> and uh, they were all wonderful folks. It was good to meet them in person, as it was to meet you, Jared, as well, yeah. earlier early in the month. It was awesome. Um, we brought the we brought my son down with us, and we figured we we're going to make an experience out of it. And we because we went to Disneyland the day before, uh, had a had a great time. Uh, then after after that, we. You know, we spent the day uh, kind of resting, and then we came into uh, to the theater. We we didn't wait very long; we were about two hours ahead. Uh, and everybody saw that we had him with us, and he was pretty content. And he he slept for about two hours before the movie began, so he actually woke up about fifteen minutes before the movie was going to start. Uh, we filed into the auditorium, and we sat down right at right up front where they have the rail usually and it splits up and you start to be step up into the upper echelons of the theater mm -hmm. and so we figured that was probably the best place to sit if we are going to have any problems with him you know being you know over overactive or crying or whatnot so like you you mentioned before it proactive this is what the the, the thing was we yeah. was kind of worried about behaved himself for the entirety of the movie he fidgeted some as kids would do but he wasn't crying he wasn't throwing things or being like a brat too much yeah. uh, and then about the scene with Han and Kylo came up and uh, when things get quiet said, yeah and then he but he actually that's when he actually did start to make some noise and my wife you know being the wonderful person that she is who I love to death and I could not have done this entire experience, and it wouldn't have been an experience without her. She just stepped out with him, and as soon as she turned that corner to go down the hallway, somebody in the back row or upper back stood up and started clapping. And then I heard a, a, a younger girl yell, get him out of here! And I, I turned around and I said, 
he's going. Star Wars is for everyone. <laughs> Turn around and I sat down and just say, it was like, really? Like we had to resort to that. I was like, I'm sorry. It, and it, to me, it, it finally translated into, I think I interrupted that girl's, or he interrupted that girl's Kylo Ren emo moment. <laughs> I think, I think uh, people get really self-absorbed about these things. They think it's always like their individual experience is what matters more than the collective. And then the mob can, you know, latch on to somebody saying something because then they're like oh I'm now free and maybe it was only a few people but that's all it takes it only takes one person really to rally up everyone else and um I think probably everyone was cool until that one person (laughs) and that's all it takes man it only takes one little spark to start a fire you know it's unfortunate I'm sure most of those people were like probably sitting there going oh okay they got him out awesome you know and then just somebody's being a jerk. We talked about it on Twitter when you you and you mentioned it, and uh, I just don't understand it because, especially at those viewings, there are people who are shouting out at everything that they care about. Yeah, you know, it's like oh god, you know, exactly. screaming at the top of their lungs about everything, little, every little moment that they love, and and that's okay. It's the first time they're seeing it; they're excited. But like, I, I feel weird that we're okay with a forty-four-year-old standing up and screaming like "Yes" when Chewbacca shoots Kylo, but we're not okay with a little kid being a little kid for five seconds and the adults in the situation trying to fix it. It's yeah. like it doesn't make any sense. Like one person is making a choice to act like a child, and the other one is an adult trying to let a kid be a kid and and let everyone else enjoy it. Yeah, like. Yeah. You guys did your due diligence, and it sucks that they made any part of it un, uh, unappealing and unfun. Yeah. Overall, I'm glad it was still good for you. But then again, though, well, thank you. to be fair, you know there's a podcast out there somewhere where someone's talking about how a child ruined their oh, sure. experience. So, you know, like, it's all, it's all, all there's always two sides to every story, sure. and I'm sure that that person, in their mind... It was like the most destructive <laughs> moment in the entirety of their viewing experience all time, you know? Like, that's how, I don't know, you know how people are. It, overall, like, it basically it ruined the experience for my wife, and I felt really bad that that happened to her, but we saw it again, and she really liked the movie. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I would say that, like you're saying, the, 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 the overall first experience can just be left at what it was, but the movie itself is still... It's pretty random. Yeah, <laughs> Josh. Well, my experience was seeing the movie. It was everything I hoped it would be. It was everything I expected it to be. It was fantastic. And I've seen it three times. The first time I saw it, there it was the theater wasn't real full, and it was silent from start to finish. You know, really? there, was, there wasn't any clapping when Han showed up. What time? What time did you see it? Uh, eleven fifty on the night. The night it well because. Earlier in the night, I went to an independent wrestling show that my friend was in, so I went to support him. You know, one of my friends knew the guy who ran the thing, and and we were kind of worried about that getting over and getting to the movie. And we were like 10 minutes down the road, and and the guy told my buddy, you know, oh, there's no way we're going to be there past 11 o'clock. There's no way in hell I'm going to be there late. And we're like, okay. Well, they didn't start for an hour and a half after they were supposed to start so we're standing we're standing there you know there's still stuff going on and we're like we gotta go so we booked it out of there we got down there and we got in and we had some friends save us some seats because we weren't sure what we were going to run into them you know i'm like this is the most anticipated movie of this decade or any decade prior and we got there and there wasn't that there was maybe 10 15 people in a, wow. in, the, in a big theater 
and it was silent the whole time through. You know, people, you know, nobody clapped during Han and, and all that. But when I went to see it the next night in IMAX, it was your stereotypical, you know, giant fan. You know, Han shows up, applause. You know, every all the old characters show up, applause. Yeah. But it, it was everything I hoped it would be. Each time I saw it, I, I noticed different things. So like the first time I saw it, it was just everything was hitting me at once. And we get to the end of the movie, and then there's, you know, one of my friends sees a thing about Daniel Craig. So then the next time I saw it, and I'm like, oh, there's Daniel Craig. And then after that, I started seeing articles about the flashback scene with Ray. And I, the third time I watched the, and listened to that, I go, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. So each time I noticed something more. Tim, tell us. Tell us now. <laughs> well, I think it can be summed up really in two words, which are surreal and overwhelming. I couldn't even take in half the movie the first time I watched it because I was just kind of stuck in this other space of, wow, this is actually happening right now, you know. Um, as far as the just the overall experience, it was pretty awesome waiting. I was in line for, uh, I think, seven hours. No, nine hours. I was in line wow. for nine hours to see it, and I was not first in line either. Wait, were you inside or outside? <laughs> inside, which was oh, good. Oh, good. But the people who were in front of us lined up the night before outside. Oh, my God. Uh, but anyway, yeah, but it was pretty awesome. There were people, uh, if you followed me on Twitter at that time, you saw a lot of this. Uh, there were these people who set up Battlefront for people to play. While we were waiting and they were passing out cookies, they gave us coffee, a whole, whole bunch of stuff throughout the day. So nice. that part of it was awesome. And then once you actually got into the theater and sat down, it, it was just incredible. And where was this? It was at an Alamo draft house, one of those. Oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> it's like a taps at the tables. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because so many people were talking about how they're expecting to cry at this point or that point or whatever. Yeah. I didn't really, and that's because I was too overwhelmed. Like, I, I didn't even, like, understand. I didn't really get it. I was more emotional the second time. Yeah. Because it was more real that time. Yeah. Uh, so my first viewing, seven o'clock showing, two D. Uh, we we were at AMC Theater in uh, Garden State Plaza in uh, Paramus, New Jersey, and um, they put us in the wrong line because apparently there was a three D line and a three D IMAX line or LIMAX, and then the two D line was somewhere entirely different. But they didn't tell us that. So when we came in, we just lined up in the three D line. Uh, about an hour into waiting, uh, we realized that we were in the wrong line, and we just stepped over the, you know, the fucking where the line tape was. So I actually still have my intact tickets from that night, so they were never ripped. And we just went into the correct line, and then we were at the end of the line, and it was insane. But we stood there for like three hours, I think we were in line, uh, and the place was just mass hysteria. I mean, it was crazy because uh, it's the biggest probably theater in New Jersey. They were having like corporate events there and it was just like, it was madness. Popcorn was getting dropped left and right everywhere. You were just walking on top of popcorn. It was hot like Comic-Con, body smell, and it, it was just insane, man. <laughs> that was the only time I had that experience because I've you know seen it five times now and that first night was just insane but we got in and you know they let us in like half hour before the movie started and they show commercials and everything was fine and i kind of went into it you know like everyone here i knew everything going in and there was almost no surprises and yet i had the weirdest experience watching it um and i've seen you know i've seen star wars since 78 i saw the premiere night of return of the jedi i've seen all the premieres of you know phantom menace and 
Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. But for some reason, watching this movie, I had a weird, like the weird, and I realized it like 20 minutes into the movie. No, not even 20 minutes. Like, when is it that Poe is in the X-Wing? Uh, that's like maybe seven minutes into the movie. He sits in the X-Wing and the uh, stormtroopers are coming down the ramps and everything. I realized that J.J. had like just shot such a gorgeous movie and that everything was just working. Like we had already gotten to the point where we met BBA and the lines had been spoken and I already knew. Like there was no doubt in my mind this movie was going to rock. I started feeling like almost like my eyes were welling up like I was going to cry. But I w it wasn't like that kind of emotion. But I don't know what the fuck was happening with me. And that continued the entire fucking movie. That first viewing. It was me going like, why am I about to cry? I don't fucking get this. <laughs> Nothing has happened yet. I'm fucking, like, I'm an old man now. This is, this should not be affecting me this way. But for some reason, man, it really, like, it was just like, the totality of what I was watching was just really affecting me. And I think it's because I knew watching it almost immediately that we had a movie that the critics were going to love that fans, for the most part, were going to love. You know, obviously, anyone can nitpick anything. And even, in fact, my first viewing, I would have come out of that movie saying The Force Awakens is, like, my third favorite movie. And maybe even fourth, you know? Because it's just, like, there's no way you can absorb that movie completely in that first viewing. But still, man, I had such a profound experience, like, watching it where I felt like... If you ever seen Ratatouille, when the critic bites yeah. into the food and he's, like, transported back to his youth or something, and people yeah. often talk about that, like, oh, I just want to be transported back <laughs> to my youth, and I always mock them. I think that's what was happening to me, is I was, like, a, a kid, and I didn't really ever expect to feel that way, and I did not go in that movie ever thinking, because... I've talked about this many times. I am not a nostalgic person. I am into the music of today. I'm into the movies of today. I'm into the books of today. I don't fucking sit here pining for the past. And yet, for some reason, this movie brought me there. And I don't think that was anything that I ever imagined it would do. And that's why when people talk about it harkened too much to the past, I think that's what it needed to do. I think it needed to introduce people to a story that was familiar or reintroduce people to a story that was familiar and introduce other people who didn't know that story and didn't need to know it mm -hmm. to a working formula. And so that Ryan Johnson could run with it in the next two movies because he's writing the next two movies. And I think that was the point is to say like, here are the familiar beats. This is the gateway drug. You're going to love this. And then the next one's going to be the one that's going to be completely weird, mm -hmm. as uh, Kasdan has called it. And everyone so far is talking about what a great script the next one is. But in any event... Um, and I, you know, I loved it, but there's no way that I walked out of that theater having any clue what I had watched. Like, if I hadn't known the spoilers, I would have come out of that movie going, I would have remembered the things I didn't like about it. Because there were certain little things that I didn't like about it in that first viewing. And I was like, oh, I wish they hadn't done that. In fact, Starkiller Base is one of the things I was like, and I, I had been talking about this for like a year and a half at that point. I hated the idea of Starkiller Base. That was probably my biggest problem coming out of that first uh, viewing it changed over time and whereas i don't have a problem with it in fact the movie i also felt the movie was too quickly paced the first time i watched it and i thought that there needed to be more quieter moments and subsequent viewings i realized that that's not the case it's not too fast it's actually it's perfectly paced but the first viewing i was like I said, I, it was so hard for me to concentrate on what I was watching. If I had known every beat going in, I would have been probably really fucked up. It was just too much, man. And But I love the visuals. I knew I loved the visuals. And in fact, that first time when we see that Hans scene uh, with Kylo, I thought it was poorly done. 
the first time I watched it. I was like, wow, man, they really fucked this scene up. <laughs> like, this is the one scene they had to get right, and they fucked it up. So my first viewing, that was how I thought of it. I am so glad I went to see it a couple hours later because it was an entirely different experience that first time. And there are a couple other things. Like, I thought that certain little beats in the lightsaber fight, which now I'm, I fucking adore, didn't work for me. I think it's also, you start to question, like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? And then you realize when you watch it again, oh, that's why. Like, why is Kylo Ren so incapable or... Well, he's capable, but when you first watch it, how is he so incapable? Then you watch it again, and you go, oh, he's wounded, he's upset, he's bleeding to death, he isn't actually trying to beat Finn that first time. He's actually trying to get the lightsaber. So he's like, you know, he's like the, the knight who is fucking facing off against a little squire, and he's just like, I just want that lightsaber, so fuck you. And then Finn gets one little shot in, and Kylo loses his shit, and he's like, fuck this kid. And he fucking disarms him and cuts his fucking spine out. But that was my, my initial reaction was like, okay, that was a little convenient. So those were really my impressions, but still, when I came out, I was still like, I was blown away, even through some of the perceived disappointments, I was blown away. But I don't know why I was so emotionally invested in that first viewing, or whatever it was. Emotionally screwed up that first viewing. Alright, who wants to go? I guess Jared will go first. And Okay, so we're gonna do now our top three lists, and we are going to go... Uh, characters, so there's top three hero characters, top three villain characters, and then top three characters, so that's like the com combination of those uh, two lists yeah, yeah. into one. And then we'll do top three dramatic scenes, comedic scenes, action scenes, and then top three scenes based on that list. Uh, then we do top three quotes, the same concept. And then uh, top three musical moments. Now these are based on the scenes, not just the score itself. And top three ships, and we, we mean relationships that you want to see. And this is for Jared, because Jared's so into shipping. Well, specifically movie. for this movie, and because I had several friends who've complained that none of the podcasts they listen to will address <laughs> the, the, the ships that they want to, to have addressed. And two of them are totally hilarious to me, that I will, that I will say. Okay. They're, they're I don't, I, look, you don't have to participate in the ship <laughs> portion of the podcast if you don't want to, but if you want to, it could be fun. Uh, so, Jared... You're going to give your top three uh, hero characters, villain characters, and then characters. Go ahead. You can. You want to do three, two, one? My number three hero character would probably be uh, Maz or Maz Kanata. Okay. Uh, and then uh, number two would be Ray, and my number one is Finn. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and for Finn, it, it actually made me realize that if I saw A New Hope now, uh, Han would be, would, be, would be my favorite, and he never would have been, like, my whole childhood. But because I appreciate humor so much, like, Finn was the standout for me because he was – his his humor was so well done, and he was and he was just funny, and he had a lot of funny lines. And I realized, like, if I saw a New Hope for the first time today, I'd be, I'd be a Han guy, and I, yeah. I never was like that as a kid. And that it's it's kind of funny. Uh, and villains, um, gosh, uh, that, that 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 one's harder. But I guess I would go um, the uh, probably Snoke is the bottom at three, and then Hux, and then Kylo. And I I was not as disappointed about Phasma as others because I felt like I was prepared by all the spoilers that she was going to have exactly the role she had. Right. I just really hope they use her well in the next one. We know there's like yeah. 40 <laughs> minutes cut out of this movie. That's, so. that's true. Yeah. They probably had her participating in the village execution yeah. in, different, in one, like an extended cut of that. Probably, I, would, I would have assumed. Probably. And your top three characters overall? Overall, overall I would say Finn, 
Ray and Kylo. And Johnny, how about you? Top three hero, top three villain, and top three characters overall. Uh, top three heroes. Uh, number three would be Han. Number two, and it's a close two to one, is Poe. And one is Ray. Alright. Ray was so awesome. I agree. I'm not gonna, uh, no spoilers yet on mine, but I agree. Uh, and uh, top three villains. That, well, there's really only four to choose from, right? So, Five, technically. Well, si- well, you'll see on my list. There's at least six. <laughs> you can include the, the TK who screams out traitor. <laughs> hey, spoiler! Um, I would have to say Snoke is three. Uh, well, well, Phasma's four, Snoke is three, <laughs> Hux is two, and Kylo's number one. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> and uh, and uh, th- overall, <laughs> top three. Number one, Ray. Number two, Poe. Number three, Kylo. Andy, yours. Top three hero, top three villain, and top like three overall. Top three hero characters uh, starting at three would be Han. Because you didn't say new characters, right? You, no, characters. just in the movie. In the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Han, Han Solo is number three. Uh, number two would be Rey, and uh, number one is Poe. And uh, villains? Uh, top three. This is the same, but just two of them are switched around. Number three would be Hux. Number two is Snoke because I mean I think every all you have is three, but I think he's number two because he has so much potential right. in future okay. films. Um, just keeping those in mind. Um, and Andy Serkis is great in anything that he does so um, the number one Kylo Ren obviously um, no yeah. explanation needed I think <laughs> <laughs> and uh, overall top overall three. top three um, three to two one Kylo Ren number three then Ray then Poe Katie heroes villains and overall number three would be Poe um, number two Finn and then number one is Ray. And then for villains, my number three would be Snoke. Number two would be Hux. And number one would be Kylo. And then overall for my third favorite, I'd say is Finn. Two is Kylo and one is Ray. All right, Julia, your number three heroes, villains. And I know now I know that you're a super villainist, so you might think the heroes are the villains, but we mean in the traditional sense. <laughs> Poe. Number three, uh, two would be Han, and Ray would be my favorite hero. Okay. Um, in terms of the villains, number three, I think, would be, let's, I guess, let's put Kylo Ren. Um, number two would be Hux, and one would be Snoke. Because wow. I, I'm not surprised by that. I, I actually could have predicted that. I thought you were. Gonna you like you could have predicted yeah. that. You know that I like anyone. The, the yeah. yeah, I like <laughs> the man behind the curtain. I always like the the weirdo who you're gonna find out about later on. You know, I'm very intrigued, and I'm intrigued to find out about the Knights of Ren. I'm intrigued to find out about the Acolytes of the Beyond. So you know, Ooh. there's I'm. There's just general intrigue with Snoke. Yeah. So overall, um, well, my, my favorite character, just bar none, is going to be Rey. But coming up alongside her, I would say uh, um, Poe had some was a great, great character. That was a Oscar Isaac did an excellent job. If Rey weren't more fully fleshed out and actually more of a, a you know, really the leading lady, I would say that Poe would overtake her in terms of like entertainment factor. But 
yeah. Ray really is like I don't know she's the best yeah um, but Poe comes up second and third gonna be weird and I'm gonna say BB-8 <laughs> <laughs> you know that she was BB-8 I say she I still call BB-8 a she BB-8 wasn't even on your heroes list but it doesn't mean you can't no I know it. but it was the it was just the entertainment factor. Yeah. I really got a kick out of BB-8, and I'm I really someone, liked, I'm glad someone put BB-8 on there because such a fun character. I mean, I just I had a lot of fun watching the scenes that that it that it was in, and so there you go. So my top three hero characters. Number three is Moss. I love I love Moss. Uh, her anything that she really talks about i i listened intently especially the second viewing and yeah. it it killed me the 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 wookie line is my probably one of my favorite lines in the it movie. is so it's, well delivered where's my boyfriend chewie's working on the falcon i like that wookie i'm sure she did 20 takes of that Oh yeah, she goes could up. Could not be better. Like you said, it's delivered very well, and uh, you really get the sense of that uh, Lupita Nyong'o of her character and the way that she is really a great actress. And you see why oh, she won yeah. an Oscar because her delivery and I'm assuming probably the other ten takes are equally as as well delivered. You know what's really interesting about her character, and you know the bullshit spoilers that I mean spoilers, the bullshit rumors that came out <laughs> about this movie along the way, which I was shooting down left and right constantly because nobody who knew anything about what was happening on production had ever heard any of this shit. And there were two things. One, that Daisy Ridley was stiff during making of the movie. Complete horse shit. And we've seen, she's the best Oh, act, the last best, one. The best performance we've ever seen in the Star Wars movie, by far. She's got and, the best and, eyes in the movie. So ridiculous, that rumor. And then, the one that they the cut one. down, yeah. they cut down Maz's stuff because J.J. didn't know, like, he felt that the performance was bad. No. They cut down that stuff because she was giving away too much. And story-wise, so they wanted to leave some of that stuff because, as we now know, Ryan Johnson was going around going, hey, can you cut this out? Can you maybe put something else in here because it serves my story? And J.J. was cutting things or maybe sometimes adding things because of what Johnson asked him to do. So, And sometimes he wouldn't. But I think some of the mass stuff, they were like, look, we don't really need to set any other stuff up plus pacing issues i'm sure there were other things well yeah the the pacing was boom 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 and yeah. so uh, that other explanation of like we don't need Maz showing up at the resistance base like that exactly. was probably not not needed so we can cut that out entirely that pacing of the movie is just so quick uh, that uh, you, you really don't care to, to ask ask that question until yeah. after the movie's done uh well number two i have ray of course is high up on my list and she's number two uh, her hand, like I was saying earlier, she has the best eyes, Daisy Ridley, I think, in the movie. Her ability to use her eyes to emote, and then especially at the end and during the final fight when she imbues herself with the Force, I think you really, really see it in her eyes as she becomes... Yeah. Uh, and my number one on my list for hero characters is Poe. Poe could do no wrong, I guess, is maybe the term that they should use for him. But I really enjoyed watching him act a uh, sort of as a, as a wedge, I guess, married with something else. Um, he, he came across where he's witty, he's sarcastic at the right moments, and he's got control of that, that yoke stick. Let's see, my top three villain characters starting with... Uh, number three is the First Order as a whole. I really think that it, it is a, a, a threat that is going to 
overtake the rest of the galaxy now that most of the Republic's fleet has probably been blown up, damaged, or who knows where. And so now you're, we're going to ride into a possible civil war through the galaxy where it, it, the First Order is throwing more troops than we thought we, we would ever see before than the Republic thought they ever could have at them, thus making it for a uh, larger plot. Oh, definitely. I think 8 is going to be the most complex Star Wars plot to date. It might even be as complex as Game of Thrones. I mean, seriously, <laughs> with all the things, that all the seeds that they planted, you know, and there are several things in this movie that we can talk about later, but uh, that are just insane. I mean, basically, you have Kylo Ren at some point accusing Rey of being with the terrorists. Like, it's that moment. It's like, you know, it's like Zero <laughs> Dark Thirty moment. Where are the others? Traitors and thieves you call friends. You'll be relieved to hear I have no idea. I love that scene because it's basically flipping the table. It's like, not flipping the table as in that podcast episode I did, saying, oh, no, no, you guys are the bad guys. We're the good guys. I love that. Yeah, and so having the first order, I mean, all that weaponry, the, the ability that they built that planet, they yeah. turned it into a super weapon. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's a pretty auspicious thing there, and uh, they kind of succeeded to a point. If think of it, if they didn't blow it up, yeah, maybe there was another one somewhere. I'll allow it. I mean, I think it's a little cheating on your part, but I'll allow it. The whole order. <laughs> Go ahead. Who's next? Okay, Snoke is. I guess because he's a completely separate character. I don't think he's the first order in its whole entirety at all. So yeah. That's something more. As we saw, that Hux has been pushing and striving to be and, and and emulate is something else but snoke is this uh, I, I overall i think the design was good i liked how creepy he looks uh, i thought circus did a good job with the voice and seeing him standing above everybody else is probably part of his feeling powerful better than everyone maybe i shouldn't uh Maybe I shouldn't see you in person because you'll see how uh, decimated I am looking. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I, you know, if you saw me in person, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as intimidating. You, you would be able to pull out your saber and whack me down if you so wanted to. I am, yeah, it's Perhaps. like it's like Snoke's uh, MySpace pick. You know, everyone took a MySpace <laughs> pick from like this, you know, top angle down. You know, so you wouldn't see their imperfections. <laughs> It's, it's just Snoke's MySpace pick, man. He's like, I know MySpace. I'm making a reference from 10 years ago. Yeah, he used to work for Bare Minerals. Did you say Bare Minerals? <laughs> he did. Yeah. That was funny. Your number one? My number one is Kylo. Kylo is my best, my number one top village. Uh, emo Kylo, the young bratty Kylo, the I want it all, I need it all, I can't have it all, so I'm going to destroy what's ever in front of me. And I think but, also uh, it is, like, I was I was listening to, uh, there have been some really good analysis uh, that I'm glad that I got to listen to in the past few days, and one of them was by uh, Rebel Force Radio. They did, like, a whole thing with, like, some of the guys who were actually in the movie and uh, or some of the people who did the voices for the Stormtroopers yeah. and things like that. And uh, and they were they were talking about some things, and it's really interesting because Kylo's problem, like everyone says, emo Kylo, and it's not uh, wrong. He's very emotional. That scene when he's talking to Vader's mask, and he's lifting his head up, and he's dropping it up and down like this, that's clearly an acting choice by Driver, and it has some kind of meaning. Like either we're meant to think that he thinks he's having a conversation with Vader, 
or in the past he had a conversation with Vader or he thinks he did like he saw something and he's constantly like he's talking like he's like show me the dark side of the forest and all this stuff yeah, show me and again I heard that as uh, uh, somebody on Twitter posted where when he's doing that, he's sitting there saying, I feel the, I felt the pool again. I felt it, you know, uh, you know, can you show me the dark that he's not, he thinks he's talking to dark side Vader yeah. that whatever is talking to him. And, but maybe it's actually the dark side of the force emoting through that, you know, because it was Vader's helmet using like those that. memories or, for that. But, or but, it's but, Snoke. but the pull towards the light, is actually good Vader because yes. we know he's Vader because he redeemed himself because like he's a too. Force Ghost in Return of the Jedi. And Pablo so, said something oh, yesterday. Yeah. If, if, did you see what Pablo said yesterday? There is oh, no dark side Force Ghost. You know, he exactly. confirmed that. They've said it before and yeah. George, George he, said it again and again, but you're right, he reiterated so that. that it's an illusion it on... It cannot uh, be an an dark side Anakin, but what if it is light side Anakin trying to seep through through Luke's power so that's, I think that's I think why Lu- i think that's why luke has gone into hiding and it's snoke who is projecting a dark side image to him misleading him i think he's been doing this the entire time and i think the whole, that's why when uh ray touches the lightsaber she has this kind of vision because the force yeah. is pu- pushing her i think the same thing happened to what if the first time he touches the, the helmet he had just a vision of everything connected to him through that yeah. helmet and, and he saw everything yeah. vader did and snoke itself. anticipated it and messed with his mind in that time and somehow interfered and i think we may get that uh exposition from luke in the next movie is where he's going to tell them what snoke has been doing and uh han and leia talk about this in the movie snoke seduced him every time you look at me you're reminded of him you think i want to forget him i want him back there's nothing more we could have done there's too much vader in him that's why i wanted him to train with luke but i just never should have sent him away that's when i lost him we lost our son forever no it was snoke he seduced our son to the dark side but we can still save him me you if luke couldn't reach him how could i luke is a jedi you're his father still light in him i know it yeah so snow used this kind of the forces pull that and that's why he's constantly being led to the light the reason he has these tantrums is not because he's you know an emo child it's because the dark side and the light are pulling him in opposite directions and he is like i don't understand i'm supposed to be on the dark side i'm supposed this is the right stuff like the light is evil because it screwed vader up and my grandfather was on the path of greatness this stupid fucking emotion shit you know ruined him so he thinks that by lashing out He's going farther to the dark side. So every time, and we see that in the fight, he hits himself on the side because pain will, you know, creates aggression and anger. And, and it makes him the dark side. Right. Yeah. So 
the reason he's having these outbursts is not because he's emo 12 year old it's because he thinks he has to do that in order to fight to the light to be, to, yeah, right to he's fighting the light he's like this is what makes him so interesting this is what what frustrates me whenever people tell me like you know when people belittle his character by saying oh he's just emo whatever and it happens i've had a few arguments with people about it it's complex more than more than any really right it's, it, but it feels like but he's doing it on purpose like but it's, it's it not like though it's, I, you, I don't know. I disagree. I disagree. No, if you only look at the surface character, that's I'm not how it talking looks. About, I'm talking about exactly taking, taking everything you just said into account and thinking about it and relating to him heavily. I feel like it's an immature reaction no. to the to what he's going through. No, I, I, I think I think it's a a I, effort. Well, oh, I think I, it's I, an I, effort on his part to react that way. I agree, but I think that it's. Uh, I, I think that if he would take stock of what he's what what, he, what he's going through, he'd be able to maybe see he's being manipulated, and instead, I think he's. I think he's. It's because he's still immature because he, he got his fingers know, into him when he was young I'm of the belief that uh, Snoke uh, was probably the way they talk about him makes makes it just makes it seem like they might have some familiarity or connection with him. No, and, everyone knows who Snoke is well, not like I, he's some he's some like he's not like uh, a hidden not a character string he's not, guy no, yeah, he's not, he's not in a well, he is a string ever. guy, but they, well, most people think he's this frail guy who is he's not behind the scenes in yeah, the exact yeah, same. Not way. at all. Or, or he want he maybe the real him is, but he he's putting his face out there. Yeah, and and uh, at the very least, the way they talk about him, and I almost wonder if he wasn't an active participant uh, with Luke, you know, pretending to help him with the Jedi Order. Could and I, I, I my, my speculation, it's something it's far fetched to a certain degree, but with just with the intimacy that that uh, that Han and Leia talk about him, I almost wonder. If they kept it from from Ben, that they kept the connection to Vader from him as a child, oh. and Snoke is s- planting the dark side shit in him with no one knowing, and then says to Ben when he's a you know a teenager, right before he con- converts him to the Knights of Ren, and they turn on everybody, he says, "Hey, you know your dad, your dad and your mom and your uncle are all lying to you." Yeah, your, no, that your would grandpa work. is that Vader, work, yeah. and and he gives him the helmet, and it's he touches it, and bam. It's he's got him forever, and and I see what, I see what you're saying. I I do feel like it's a concentrated effort, but I feel like it's just so misguided. It's it's like I don't but, know. It's, but it's, misguidedness isn't immaturity. I mean, you don't have to be immature. You don't. I mean, mature people can be just as misguided. I think it's he it's really truly believes that the dark side is right, that is righteous, and that the light side is not. And so the only way he can do that is to. I, in fact, I would say it's even a mature approach to it, which is to say I have to do these bad things that if I was being idealistic, I'd be immature that in his belief. Remember, he's delusional. I, I believe he's truly delusional, maybe because of the pull of the force. And I would say he's more delusional than immature. No, I, I can I can see that. I, I'm thinking of it as less of, del, of a delusion because this stuff exists in their world, because you know people do have visions and it's not necessarily – because you're crazy, you but know? if but if you're being fed a vision, that's what we're no, talking. Like and, and if, he's, if he's seeing something that's not real and he thinks it's real, no, absolutely. that's because of Snoke. And I think that that may be because I really believe that that choice by Driver is such a great acting choice. And yesterday they were talking, or yesterday I was listening to uh, Rebel Force Radio, and they had uh, what's his face who played Star Killer in the video game in the Force Unleashed. Uh, Sam Witwer. Sam Witwer went to Juilliard. And they do mask uh, exercises or mask training where they put a mask on and they have to emote. Like the mask will have one thing and they have to emote that or it will have nothing, like no face on it. And you have to emote what the character is feeling. And the belief is that if 
the actor emotes correctly, you will feel what they're feeling, even if the mask says nothing. And in that scene, he is emoting something. And in fact, in every scene, and I actually talked about this when we did our review of the trailer, was that he is doing something with his... He's doing the best mask acting I've ever seen. And in that scene, we're meant to think that he's lost his marbles a little bit. I remember reading this article last night, and I had to dig up quick and find it. Um, It's passage they left out of the script following through on the act ought to have made him stronger a part of him believed and instead he found himself weakened yeah because the light side is his true calling he just doesn't and that's when i talk about him being delusional it's because of that because he thinks the light side isn't his calling the dark side is and he's wrong i think that's what that is the force is saying to him no bro you made a mistake and that's why also why he's hitting himself because he's like i'm it's almost like he's bleeding the dark side out of him and it's the light side that's constantly trying to take him over. Uh, all right. Uh, and what was your top three characters overall? Kylo, of course. Mm-hmm. Maz and Ray. So one, two, three. Cool. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, give us your top three hero characters, villain characters, and top three characters overall. All right. Uh, top three hero characters. Number three, I'd have to say BB-8. I knew I was going to like him, but... What did it for me was the whole flamethrower thumbs up thing. That was that's fantastic. Number two, I'd have to say Finn. You know, he reminded me a lot of Luke in watching the original one, so I kind of got that same vibe I got I got off of him. But for number one for me, and I didn't expect this to happen, Ray. You know, yeah. just just watching her story start to finish was the most satisfying part for me. Everyone says she's like the Luke character, and that's true, but I think that she is superior... Uh, to the Luke character in every way but maybe uh, like the length of the journey. She ends up in the same place kind of where Luke ends up in the second movie. And um, But other than that, I think, I mean, God, she's such a an amazingly well-written and constructed character. I wonder who had more input in that. He, she feels more J.J. than Kasdan. She has a lot of common DNA with uh, all of J.J.'s leads in she television. She really does. All right, uh, your top three villain characters, Josh. Uh, villains. Uh, number three, I'd have to go General Hux. You know, he was a good villain. He was everything I expected him to be, but what really sold me was the speech he gave right before they fired the Starkiller base because it was just... He, it just came off as this is a guy you don't want to cross, you don't want to piss off, you, you're going to regret it. Today is the end of the Republic. The end of a regime that acquiesces to disorder. At this very moment, in a system far from here, the new Republic lies to the galaxy while secretly supporting the treachery of the loathsome resistance. This fierce machine which you have built, upon which we stand, will bring an end to the Senate, to their cherished fleet. All remaining systems will bow to the First Order and will remember this as the last day of the Republic! Number two, I'd have to say Snoke. Just the mystery, the everything behind him. Like, what is he? Who is he? Where does he come from? What's his story? And, and I feel like we're going to definitely get a lot more of that. And, of course, number one, Kylo. Kylo is as strong, if not stronger, than Vader. I've heard debates on other podcasts about that. 
uh, at least we've seen what we've seen so far. It looks like he's more powerful. He has different powers, at least. We know that. But he did catch a blaster bolt. So, you know, we don't know the extent well, of Vader's powers either. We never saw all of his abilities. Because he never really tried to kill Luke. We never saw him. The only person we tried, we saw him try to kill was... Uh, was the emperor and he exactly. chucked him down? He chucked him down that fucking shoot. Well, he caught a blaster bolt from Han in uh, Empire Strikes yeah. Back, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah. Like he, he caught them, or several of them. Uh, so we've seen some powers from him. I think that's what JJ was doing with that scene. Is he saying like, "Hey, if we had ever seen him maybe fight more people, we would have seen this." And I think that. Uh, one way he's different, you know, looking at the visual dictionary by Pablo, which as you said, you know, everything's canon now and it's written by one of the story group guys. So it's, you know, it mentions that Kylo has, you know, really advanced skills in the mental side of the force. And you take that and the freezing of the bolt too. I think it's what you're talking about is he's meant to be light side. Those are things Luke taught yep. him. Catching yeah, the defensive is skills. not a bad thing. It's only defensive. Jason pointed that out and I can't stop. Yep. And then reading the thing about him, you know, being stronger in the mental side of the force than anyone before him and being it's like it's his area of excellence it's where he excels you think about that and you think about I, I my my theory that I've uh, heard and latched onto where he might have dropped off Ray and may have, have done a mind wipe oh no I'm 100% convinced the mind wipe is super reinforced by the fact that he's extremely powerful with the yes. mental side of the force but all that shit feels like light side stuff it's not violent it's not it's not evil but it's shit that Vader didn't do like, and like, the fact it, that it, if he saved her life which I'm not, I mean, there's not even a doubt in my mind. Sure, anymore. he saved her life. Whether it's that he saved her life and then he brought her to Jakku, and that is why he goes. The two were accompanied by a girl. <laughs> what girl? Because he knows he left a girl on Jakku. Click, it clicked. He's like, yeah. fuck. Yeah, no, I, I agree that he knows it's Ray because if it was any other, you know, oh, you know, he had the BB 8 had the help of a girl. Oh, okay, great girl. Yeah. But, yeah. Goes, huh? Oh, give you give us your top uh, three characters overall, Josh. All right, top three uh, favorite characters. Number three, I'd have to go Finn. Uh, number two, Kylo, and number one, Ray. Yay! I think it's official now. Before Tim even goes, Ray wins. Overall, she's she definitely got the most. All right, go ahead. Your top three. Uh, hero characters. Uh, is it cheating to say Luke? No. No, no, no. I mean, anyone that's in the movie, you can choose. I'll, I'll go three Luke just because I know he was barely part of the movie, but honestly, just by showing up, he's automatically awesome to me. So, number three, I'll go with Luke. Uh, two, I would say Poe. And number one, not to, you know, fall into the mold here, but it's got to be Ray. So boring. <laughs> hey, it's not, it's not my fault they're that awesome that everyone agrees. It's, uh, and I, I said this today or yesterday. I was like, listen, I need a post TFA interview with Daisy Ridley. Like, no one has interviewed her except for like red carpet stuff since the movie came out, since she's like an icon already. Right. And the only thing I saw her do an interview right before the movie dropped, and they were like, so what's going to happen? Like, you're going to become an icon? And she was like, no, no, no. I will never be as big as Princess Leia. I think she's already. Like I think she's already. I think she's bigger. got a chance because of social media, because of social media, because of yeah, millennial that's what trends. I, mean. I think that there's a chance that it could ebb and flow, but I I think she's got staying power. She I th I think, her I think character is, you know, not to single out because she's a woman, but she's the single best female hero character I've ever seen 
especially as an introduction. Like, I usually hate origin stories. This is the best origin story I've ever seen for a hero character, much less, like, better than Iron Man, which oh, I've pfft. always said is the best one ever. This is better than Iron Man, like, by by far, which to me says, how can she not become an icon? I mean, it may we may see the Titanic effect here, where the movie is so popular that people hated Leonardo DiCaprio for about 10 years, even though he was the best actor for ten, those 10 years that, you know, the internet hated him. But I really believe that she is going to become bigger than... And Carrie Fisher said it, you know. When they were talking to her, Carrie Fisher was like, no, you're going to become huge. And she was like, I will never be as big as you. I think she's wrong. I think she's already bigger than Carrie Fisher was. You haven't asked me who my top villains are yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Other. Go ahead. Your top three villain characters. Yeah, so my honorable mention, because it's not a top There's three, no honorable be, mention. Gee, well, I'm going to do it anyway. It's TR Radar, because you got to say them. I was going to put uh, Snoke as number three. And I, he might move up. I'm hoping he'll move up in episode eight, but yeah. you know, we'll we'll see as we get into seeing more of him. And I'm actually going to say Kylo's number two, and Captain Phasma is number one. But I know she joke? had barely any role in it, but I seriously, she was so fantastic, and I really, really hope she has a much bigger role in the next one. This is well, uh, you're unique. I'll give you that. No one even mentioned Phasma until now. So okay, and your top three characters overall. Well, number one, Ray. Just you know, not to be unoriginal again, but mm. that's how I feel. Uh, number two, probably Kylo. And number three kind of depends on my mood for the day. <laughs> you know, because sometimes I want to say it's Poe. Sometimes I've thought about Finn. Sometimes Phasma. Um. It really depends, but definitely one and two are uh, Ray and Kylo. Like all the shippers. <laughs> really like them. My top three hero characters are number three is Finn, because I love him and I think he's charming as fuck. Uh, number two is Han. I, uh, you know, people will debate this for eternity. I think this is his best movie. I think he has the best lines, the funniest lines, the most important lines. I love when he says, uh, people are counting on us. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. I love that. It's such a character growth line. And uh, and a lot of other things that he does in the movie is just so great. And then, of course, Ray is my uh, favorite hero character. And then villains. This is easy. Because, you know, we've as we talked about, there aren't that many of them. Uh, Hux, number three, which is funny because the first time I watched it, he wasn't. He was probably the last. I probably hated him. <laughs> then, But then uh, subsequent viewings, I really like the performance and I like what they're doing with that character. Uh, number two, as predicted by Jared earlier, unless uh, this is, uh, that's edited out, then <laughs> it is uh, TK whatever, R2-D2. T-R-8-R. The one that fights Finn. Come on. he's He, he does he's more badass. than uh, Boba Fett ever did. And uh, he is awesome, and I love him. And, of course, number one, uh, Kylo Ren. And then my top three characters are number three, Han. Number two, Kylo Ren. And numero uno, Ray, because Ray is, let's just be honest, everyone, the best hero character in any Star Wars movie ever. 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 Our next uh, category is scenes. 
top three dramatic scenes. I know this may not be easy to do, but top three dramatic, comedic, actions, and overall, God, this is going to take forever, ain't it? Uh, I'm going to regret this one. I have a feeling. Okay, Jared. You want to want to cut some of? That? <laughs> we're we're gonna find out <laughs> if we want to cut some of that. In right, a second. I, I can go. I think I can go pretty quick on that. All right, let's uh, see how quickly we can do this. Let's see. Starting with dramatic scenes. Uh, three for dramatic scenes would be uh, right at the beginning when Finn is having his panic attack. He uh, starting to freak out. He hasn't even taken off the helmet yet. You know, he's got the bloody handprint on, and he hears the lander coming as it's coming down, and, he, and it's it's it, it, it feels like he's having. Uh, what's going to be PTSD basically like he's fre- freaking out that's the three I think two is the interrogation scene and three is uh, Han or, or number one is Han the, the third one num- the number one dramatic oh the scene Kylo uh, yeah, his is conversation the, the, okay. the conversation being silenced right. uh, for comedic uh, I would say uh, scenes uh, wise three would be when they're doing the escape from Jakku, just all the fun, kind of funny moments between, you know, wiping Finn's hand away, Finn going to help at the beginning and not needing to. Like, there's just, there's a lot of really great oh, okay, comedy that throughout, okay, yeah. throughout that sequence uh, during the they're kind of running away. Um, number two. And the garbage ship, you mean up to that point? The garbage <laughs> ship. I love that. So, that, that. That would be exactly what it God, is. God, I just thought of a quote that. I, okay, anyway, go ahead. But that, but that whole thing, you know, yeah, it's filled with comedy. I think. I think. Right. Uh, I think the number two comedy scene for me uh, would be when Finn and Han are talking about the plan, and Ray is behind them, and Han is trying to point with his chin, and uh, Finn is not understanding what he's doing. It cracks me up every time. My number one is the one that made my dad laugh out loud and made him like kind of light up, where he'd been very stoic the whole time. I wasn't sure if he hated it, yeah. but when uh, when Chewie is being checked out by the Resistance doctor, and she uh... is like, "Oh yes, you were very brave." Like I, I, it, it, it cracks me up every time. Such and, a great scene. I well, forgot seen, about it when I was doing this, but yeah, but I've I've seen kids, you know, from seven to you know, 68, you know, laugh at it the same way. And it kind of makes me smile just thinking about it. Uh, and then top three action scenes, action scenes. Um, I'm going to go reverse order just cause I can't, uh, like, I guess the first one that pops in my head is the number one, but the, uh, the flight with the Falcon Alpha Jack, who I thought was awesome. Mm, okay. Um, I think number, number two would be the lightsaber sequence at the end it was great. And uh, number uh, three in that one would be the traitor uh, stormtrooper fight with Finn. I thought oh, okay. it was awesome and super satisfying uh, for me. And then top three scenes of all those. <laughs> Overall, I would say um, probably the number one comedy scene is three for me with uh, Chewie getting checked out. Uh, number two would probably be the, uh, the Falcon chase. And number one would be Han and and uh, Kylo's conversation. All right, excellent. Johnny, you're up. Uh, dramatic, probably. Uh, I got to go in like reverse order. Yeah. It's just easier for me. Yeah. Uh, the most dramatic scene would probably be the lightsaber duel. Then number two would be Poe Dameron and uh, Kylo getting interrogated. And the third one would be, you know, Han on the bridge biting it. That's, it, that's interesting because you put like I actually thought about what you just said which is you put an action sequence as a dramatic sequence I would actually agree but I, di- I didn't do what you did but that's uh, I thought about it that works. too yeah because it's it's the it's the drama between the two characters that make it you know yeah. 
In my, in my opinion, in my opinion. No, it's fine. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a good one. Comedic. First one would be the thumbs up from BB-8. <laughs> That's That's by far my first one. My uh, the second one was Chewbacca when they when Ray and Finn turn to Chewbacca and say like wasn't he like a war hero and she was like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know if I know whatever uh, and then the third one is is uh, Han Solo. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation. And how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are coming on us. The galaxy is coming on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, action? Action number one would be the lightsaber scene again for its action and, and, and dramatic, you know, blend. Uh, number two would be Kylo freezing the bolt from Poe in the very opening scene on uh, Jakku. That still gets me. I love that scene. The third scene would be when Chewie, after Han gets killed, Chewie goes apeshit. I like, I I felt it, you know? All right, good stuff. And uh, overall, top three. Overall, I got to go with the the lightsaber duel as number one best scene in the film, as I'm sure it should be. Like, that's kind of like what JJ wanted, I'm sure. So I just fell for it. Uh, the second scene would would be uh, even though like I knew it was coming, just the way it was shot, the way it was put together, would be you know Han biting it combined with Chewie's reaction. That really sells it for me. You know, like when 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 you saw Ray get upset, I was like, you knew him for like two days. You know, like but but like it was Chewie's like painful roar. I was like, oh no, Chewie. And then the third one. Uh, I'll say the BB-8 thumbs up, but really any comedic moment with BB-8, I really got like just a really big kick out of. I was a big BB-8 fan. And yet BB-8 didn't make your favorite character list. No, because... <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Uh, <laughs> it's my middle name. <laughs> Everyone nods their head. Uh, <laughs> Andy, your uh, top three dramatic, comedic, action, and... I really, I really regret the whole overall, but go ahead. All right, all right. Um, so these all be from three, well, three, two, one. So mm-hmm. dramatic scenes, the duel. Um, even though that's an action scene, I, I consider it more of a dramatic scene because of the of the tone of it. Um, number two, I don't think anyone mentioned this yet. Was the force back? You know, the flashback. No one um, did mention it. Yeah, that's no, a good no one, one um, cause I think And I was, was about to. Oh, thanks, Andy. <laughs> um, Ruined the reveal. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I think it was cool finally seeing that, because most of us have known about it for like a year now almost, so actually seeing that come together was cool, and just yeah. the way it was done with, with everything. Um, number one, um, Han's death. Uh, comedic. I had some different ones than, than you other people did. Um, my number three would be Kylo's first tantrum um, when he uh, the officer yeah. the officer comes in and you know he destroys the control panels and then he's like anything else that that's, that's funny to me. That's every actually time. one of the funniest that's lines every in the movie. time. Um, number two, uh, BB-8's thumbs up with the lighter that was just great. I laughed at it every time. 
Um, number one is the whole scene on the on Hans Frader with the gangs, with the Guavian death gang. <laughs> what is that line that every everyone is quoting now? Uh, oh, we're, we're not there yet, Magnus. We're not there yet. We're not with the quotes yet. No, but there's that line though. I wonder if anyone's <laughs> going to the Kanji quote. Yeah. You think hunting Rathgars is cheap? I spent that money. Kanja Club wants their investment back too. I never made a deal with Kanja Club. Tell that to Kanja Club. Tell it to Kanja Club. Okay, I don't I don't have that one. How did that one. become how did that become the line of the movie that everyone <laughs> quotes now? At, at this point, Pablo Hidalgo is, has been uh, shopping different like 80s and 90s sitcom logos <laughs> to look like it's called Tell It to Kanji Club. He has one that's the whole full house logo over San Francisco. It's full awesome. House. <laughs> it's insane, man. Uh, all right, action scenes. Action We're scenes. on to that right uh, now. Uh, number three would be the uh, the Star Killer base battle with the X Wings and the Tie Fighters, and just that whole thing. Yeah. Yes. It's similar to episode four and episode six and episode one because you know it's supposed to be. Except um, those are all in space. Okay, so number two for action scenes um, is the Falcon Chase, the IMAX sequence, um, which I thought was really good the first viewing, um, but I think it gets better every time. And then our last, Katie and I's last viewing, we saw it in real IMAX in 70 millimeter, mm. and it was the full screen, the full picture. It was it was really great. Oh, and it pulls out when yeah they, yeah that's cool. That was really cool. Um, and then number one for me is um, the opening scene, just the whole thing with the village. Because I think that really set the tone for the movie because it said, hey, this is Star Wars, but hey, this is also J.J. Abrams' Star Wars. Yeah. Because it set the tone of the movie with the cuts and the action and the music and everything. So uh, I really liked uh, what Poe did in that with the X-Wing shooting the stormtroopers and then the stormtroopers come get him. Kylo blocks the blaster bolt. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And overall. Overall, overall. So I did one from each category. Um, so number three would be the opening scene. Uh, number two, the scene with the gangs and Han and Chewie. And number one is the duel with uh, Ray, Finn, and Kylo. So Good. All good ones. Katie. Okay, dramatic first. Probably my third one would be the duel with Kylo and Ray and Finn. Second would be Han's death. Um, and then the uh, first would be the force back. So I thought that was cool. The comedic one. My third one would probably be BB-8's like doing the little thumbs up thing. I thought that was super funny. My second one, uh, when um, Finn like calls Han Solo and like that whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. where he's like, okay, like big deal. So like women big always. Big deal, gonna- that's right. Hey Solo, I'm not sure what we're walking into. You just call me Solo? Sorry, Han, Christopher Solo. You should know. I'm a big deal in the resistance, which puts a real target on my back. Are there any conspirators here? Like first order sympathizers? That's a big deal. You had another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. My first one for that, um, when Poe's like, I can fly anything. Like, I love that whole sequence between Poe and Finn. Like, all oh, with them. In the, in the TIE Fighter? No, like all of it, like leading up to it, like when they're in like that little like hallway like thing, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This is a rescue. I'm helping you escape. Can you fly a Tie Fighter? You with the resistance? What? No, no, no. I'm breaking you out. Can you fly a Tie Fighter? I can fly anything. Why? Why are you helping me? Because it's the right thing to do. You need a pilot. I need a pilot. That was just when Finn talking great. to himself as they're marching along. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, that is great. Stay calm, stay calm. I am calm. I'm talking to myself. Oh, what's the next one? Uh, action? Action I- scenes, yeah. Favorite okay. Action. My third one would be the freighter. Number two, when the Falcon 
like when they get in the Falcon and they're flying. So mm-hmm. First one would be the duel. And overall. I like when Finn and Ray meet for the first time. I think that's really funny when she's like, oh, so you're with the Resistance? And he's like, obviously. Yes, I am. With the Resistance, yeah. I am with the Resistance. I've never met a Resistance fighter before. Oh, this is what we look like. Some of us. Others look different. I like seeing Han and Leia together again. Oh, like, your hair is different. You change your hair. Same jacket. No, new jacket. Third one. Probably the lightsaber duel, because I just, especially like the part when like Ray gets the lightsaber, because yeah. I feel like with all the marketing and stuff, like everyone was just like, oh, like it's going to be Finn oh, yeah. and stuff. And it was just like, no, it's going to be Ray. And like people are like, uh, like it was just like, well, that, that's actually why I, I separated the two fights. I actually, in my list, is actually I do Finn and Ray. I don't I don't combine them as because I think they're completely different things. And uh, Julia favorite dramatic scene. I liked the opening scene on Jakku where they kill all the villagers and everything like that, and Kylo Ren gets his introduction. And I like the cinematography in that sequence a lot. Yeah. I really, really like the art direction there. I thought it was special. And I thought it was um, actually kind of a- original for Star Wars. Second, the scenes between Han and Leia. So I just liked seeing the two of them um, interact with each other, where they see each other for the first time. It was neither dramatic nor comedic. It was it was sort of just an establishment scene, kind of a little bit of exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I-, I still liked it. And then uh, I like uh, Ray's Force flashback. Comedic, my absolute favorite scene. Finn was saying something like, you know, well, why don't we use the force? And uh, (laughs) that's not how it works. It's very funny. It sounded like, you know, a bunch of like old fans being like, that's not how it works. You can't just use the force, you guys, you assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Basically, most of Han's lines were my favorites. I liked get out of my way, ball. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think the comedic scenes that I liked the most was where on Jakku, where I just thought it was really touching and but like funny in the same way how like Finn kept trying to like save in quotation. Yeah. She did not Ray, need it at all. And Ray kept that, she kept like slapping him away, being like, Stop it. Why are you grabbing my hand? Which is so funny because that just seems like a line that like wouldn't appear in a science fiction film. I it just it's it seemed very funny to me and but it was also so really natural. I mean it seemed like yeah. a very the part of the reason why I liked Ray and I liked Daisy Ridley's performance, it seemed very natural yeah. when she shouts out. It almost felt like it was ad libbed. You know, it, it was it was great. They've talked it about was, that that they've actually uh, they were allowed to ad lib a lot in the movie so it's possible I also felt like you know that's not how it works felt ad lib I'm just gonna go to overall I'm gonna go to overall and and I'm gonna say one of my overall favorite scenes was I gotta tell you I like freaked out like you know when Kylo Ren like stopped that blaster bolt I just like lost my mind I don't even know I I, for some reason it really did something it did something for me I was like what the fuck (laughs) this is amazing new force powers (laughs) I was yeah no I was like original content oh my god I was very excited (laughs) I did like the Chewbacca scenes where um, I I did like 
when he shot Kylo Ren, I felt that that I felt, you know, that Chewbacca was actually acting with his own agency as opposed to being Han's sidekick. And I, I like that. Yeah, I like the aftermath of Han's death. I, I, I have issues with Han's like death, like period or I mean not I mean I accept it it's not that problem I didn't really like the scene that much I liked what happened afterwards and I liked seeing Kylo Ren kind of looking like well how come I don't feel any different and he's like oh fuck I just got shot oh and now I need and and now I need to go fight a a bunch of dudes I really did like uh, Finn's fight with the traitor also liked the like force face off between Kylo Ren and um, oh Ray and Ray yeah, and yeah. Ray. I really liked it when Kylo Ren took off his helmet and you saw his <laughs> beautiful, beautiful oh, hair. Well, actually, his hair is better his in the hair. next shot. He force did his beautiful. hair. In the yeah, next shot. wouldn't you? He had, to, he had to fix his helmet hair. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Katie can relate to this, but like, how does it not have like a little crimp in it? From being under that, like the you know, Katie, when you put your hair up in a ponytail, yeah, and you get the little, a little no. you get a little. You guys don't have the Katie, force. Can you Hello. How does he? Oh, how does he fit it? How does he fit all of that hair underneath? Right. Johnny's it? showing you yeah, jo- Johnny the force. Like, Johnny like does he man bun it? Does he man? He man buns yes, it. Yes, just like that. See, Johnny knows. Yeah. Oh, and even if he but doesn't, does he just, like, you, you just you just pull it back and tuck it in. No. Yeah. Look and then that. does he just like whip it out there and just like? This is the perfect podcast for that. You got a yeah, bunch of guys just, with long hair. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was a perfect blowout, and like I I wish my hair looked like that. And I mean, I'm glad that's just, your top scene though. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, the whole movie. No, that wasn't my top scene. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. I know you're on your sixth favorite scene. (laughs) Nick, top three, whatever, dramatic, comedic, action. All right, so I have my top three comedic scenes, and I have them one, two, three. So number one is when Maz says, "Where's my boyfriend?" I like that Wookie. Number two is BB-8 with a thumbs up, and my third favorite scene is when Han says to Finn, "He's like, yeah, and that thing can understand you, so watch it." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, no one mentioned that. I like that one. Uh, And I'll go my uh, top three dramatic scenes are, uh, my first number one is Kylo and Han on the bridge, of course, at the end. That was my top. Uh, And Maz and Rey with her trying to give her a little push into the force, into the light, I would say. And then Han and Leia giving the hug to each other uh, about three quarters in. And then action scenes, I have, because of the trailer, number one for me is the hangar bay when Finn and Poe escape from the hangar because I just love watching that TIE fighter standing, sitting in there in the air while getting shot and blowing everything up. Yeah. Uh, the end fight is my second. And, and then Falcon Chase is the number three for me is the action scene. Uh, the IMAX sequence thing? Yes. That that moment, that shot of where we get to see the Falcon do something where we know we can do it because we've seen it in different mediums and whatnot and interpretations. But to see that moment where Ray flips it upside down for Finn to... Uh, shotgun that guy dead on because he can't move the gun and it's just floating dead space and dead air and they do in that slow-mo shot was just and him going woo right at the end all right and your top three sequences total i'm gonna say uh the cantina scene the new cantina scene for maz in maz's castle I really enjoyed that. And then And John Campy's least favorite scene in the entire movie. The guy from Collider. He hates that scene. 
I thought it was great. Yeah, he hates it because he says, "Oh, what? There's a cantina in the middle of a, this fucking castle on this." It's been there for a thousand years, punk. You're like, I think it's like what? the point of the castle. It's how like a haven that, for pirates. How is that a problem? I don't get it's like a like pirate castle. It's like what's he doesn't want? understand what the scene. He doesn't understand what's happening in this fucking scene. This is explained why the cantina is there. in the corner, so shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Othano or whatever, the Crimson Corsair, the, pilot, the pirate that Finn was yep. going to go with, he's going to take off his helmet in episode eight. And it's oh. going to be Johnny Depp with the braids and yeah. the, the eyeliner. I would not be surprised. <laughs> with all the people who make cameos in this movie, I would not be surprised. <laughs> the fact that they have the Clone Wars Obi-Wan and Anakin as the two stormtroopers who walk away when Kylo loses his shit. Uh, even though we don't know that because they took away their dialogue. That was the that was what's-his-face. Um, Matt Lanter and... Um, James Arnold Taylor. James Arnold Taylor, yeah. They did the voices for those two characters, but then they cut them. All right, and then number three is uh, – did I get him to number two in there? Nope. Nope. All right, number two is Kylo Ren's entrance in the beginning of the movie. His theme combined with his uh, command shuttle landing. And the th- number three is Luke at the end of the movie, her walking up and letting us know that this journey is just really kind of actually beginning. All right, go ahead, Josh. Give us your uh, list of favorite scenes. All right. Uh, top three comedy scenes uh number one has to be bb8 and thumbs up uh number two had to be when the beginning of the movie when poe goes all right how's this go you talk first i talk first i'm dying to know if that was scripted or that was just ad-libbed it it feels kind of like uh i you know i heard something about that somewhere and i can't remember what it was whether because they were talking about some scenes they ad-libbed but i can't remember if that was one of them number three has to be with maz and chewy going oh where's my boyfriend i like that walkie that was just so out of left field i'm like wait what (laughs) and i started laughing top three dramatic scenes uh, number one obviously han kylo that whole thing that was just one of those moments you you know what's gonna happen you don't want it to but it ends up it ends up happening number two has to be when ray gets the lightsaber it flies into her hand because i just remember sitting next to one of my friends and my friend just goes oh holy and i was just like oh god and the music yeah i was listening to rebel force radio's uh oxygen earlier this morning and and they bring that up that david collins he's not sure if they re-recorded it or they used the recording from that but it, it's definitely the the home burning homestead music yep you know number three seeing luke and just being like oh gosh you know because because you always heard about the you know the contractually obligated beard <laughs> what's he gonna look like and then you see him and it's just like oh wow and just the music and everything with that end sequence hitting you at the exact same moment uh top three action scenes number one just has to be Ray dueling Kylo, you know what? Oh, dueling! Oh, <laughs> that is not what that sounded like. We didn't ask for what everyone was thinking when he's like, "We both know what I could t- I could take what I want." And you're like, "Hey, yeah. buddy!" Number number two has to be when Poe and the X wings show up at Maz's castle and start fighting, and, and you just get that montage shot of of Poe flying around, blowing everybody up, and yeah. Finn just goes, "That you know, that's one hell of a pilot." That's right out of two. That's so George Lucas in that scene. If you uh, have seen uh, Red Tails, that yeah. that is that, yeah, that that's... like that scene was almost like an homage to Red Tails. It's also one of the moments that Finn's the most competent because he's actually armed with a blaster. Because yeah. he's nailing stormtroopers left and right oh, as right. it's going on. It's awesome. And then number three, you know, Poe going down the trench run at the, at the end of the battle and just getting that feeling of, oh, here we go again. One of the most beautiful uh, 
looking like and you can tell when you're in a cgi shot but it's so beautiful that trench run shot of him there's a gorgeous shot of poe's fighter with the other fighters trailing him it's amazing it's one of the best looking because it's a knight and you i don't know just, we've never seen a shot like that before yeah i wish they would have had a better shot of his uh, x-wing squeezing through that hole though they kind of cut it made a quick cut out of it yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, but that whole sequence is really great and i love that they you know i've been like i don't understand why you don't see it enough in movies the pilot's perspective as he's shooting people they they actually do like where you actually see part of the cockpit as he's shooting the insides of Starkiller base yeah i don't know why you don't and i've been saying this for years like i don't see why you don't do like world war ii fighter pilot shots like that from inside the cockpit and they actually do several of those shots in this movie so i was really happy with it i could have used more and hopefully in the next movie we'll see more x-wing and tie fighters and whatever else fighters but uh, I really like, yeah, those scenes are beautiful, man. It's really well shot by JJ. Mm-hmm. Or his cinematographer. And then uh, top three scenes for me. Um, number one, again, Ray just grabbing the lightsaber and igniting it. It was That was just awesome to see. And then number two, when Finn meets up with Ray and, and they start running around, we got to make for that quad jumper. Oh, what about that one? Oh, that one's a piece of junk. It, it, it won't fly. What about that ship? That one's I think it's the best reveal I've ever seen in any movie. Because now I've seen this thing five times, and every time I'm like, God damn, that's done well. When they're running towards the quad jumper, you get a brief glimpse of it, but it's not enough to make it out. Yeah. And then they pull away, and you're like, oh. It, it, it makes me think for the first time hearing you guys talk about it, uh, Magnus, what we've been talking about, uh, where we feel like maybe Finn's feeling shit as well. Mm-hmm. Why is he wanting to not go for the pristine looking quad jumper why does he want the falcon that's covered in a fucking rag that looks like it's a piece of shit he's drawn to it i'm just saying there's another theory about uh when the force awakens oh for finn well i think i think it's not exclusive to one character yeah yeah and then number three just has to be the whole sequence where they fire Starkiller base just because you see the size of it and then you see what it does and, and you know, everyone, oh, it's another Death Star, but then you see it fire and it's like, okay, no, this is not Death Star. Three. Yeah. No. Oh, I was just saying, I think that the fact of the matter that they killed all their targeted things, you know, like, like so they've, you know, they've communicated since then. It's like several planets in the Hosnian system, not, not all the planets, but several of them and a few military targets like outposts or whatever with the fleet, you know, and, but uh, it's also simultaneously destroying an entire solar system because the planet, the, the planet that Starkiller was is now mobile. And it's not, yeah. I mean, it's destroying a sun and then moving on to another sun to destroy another one. So it's literally killing, you know, destroying half a dozen targets at once while it's destroying an entire solar system and just blinking a star out of the sky. It makes it diff. It is different. It's super similar. It's an, it's kicking it up a notch, but it's just I like thought, the escalation of war, you know? I thought that the uh, it sucks the energy out of the sun and then the sun comes back and it's no, nighttime. No, they, des- they destroyed oh, the sun. It completely. recharges. Really? Well, yeah. that's how it should, no, that's they, how it should work if this was real. But they, that's they not how it works in the movie. Yeah, they that's not that, how it works. They, destroy, they drain the sun completely, uh, yeah. and and uh, Pablo Starkiller base can move. Yeah, it, it can move to another solar system. So that's what. Now, obviously, if we were using real physics, that doesn't make any sense because it right. would take as much power to drain the sun as to then move a whole planet. So it would basically you'd have to drain two suns. Yeah. 
but whatever. <laughs> I mean, they're not using like actually Scott Manley has suggested something that made that maybe would have been better and worked within the confines of the story, which is that they're in one system. They drain the sun, then the sun reconstitutes itself, and then they just keep draining it. That would actually work, and it would create that darkness because they would know that once they drained the sun of its current energy, the sun would actually change color, mm-hmm. and it would change to black, and then it would take several weeks, and then it would change back to its normal color. And he said that's within mm-hmm. physics. They just didn't know that when they were making this movie. They probably didn't even think about it, but I think they also wanted it that it would move. I think they liked the idea that it could move like the Death Star, and therefore you couldn't just, like, you know, send a whole fleet after it because it might move by that point. I think that's what they were going for. But I don't think it really matters because I don't think we're ever going to see another Death Star in any other movies. This was just to set up the story for everyone, for people who knew it, people who didn't know it. You're going to see these familiar beats, and then we're never doing them again. And it's all going to be different. Like everyone says, even including us, we've said the next movie is Empire. I don't think so. I think the next movie is going to be very different from Empire. Tim, go ahead. Your top three comedic action, drama, whatever, in whatever order, and then overall. I cannot believe I made this list this long. <laughs> well, first, let me say these are not in any order, um, and these are also subject to change as I get more used to seeing this movie. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. all that shifts. Uh, but comedic, I would say, of course, BB-8 with the thumbs up. Uh, I liked it when Ray said something about the Falcon making the Kessel run, what, 14 parsecs, and Han corrected her to 12. Well, you tell him that Han Solo just stole back the Millennium Falcon for good. This is a Millennium Falcon. You're Han Solo. I used to be. Han Solo, the Rebellion General? No, the smuggler. Wasn't he a war hero? This is a ship that made the Kessel run in 14 parsecs. 12! 14. I really, really liked it when Han asked Finn if they have a trash compactor there, and he said, yeah, we do. My troops will storm this block and kill you all. I disagree. What do we do with her? Is there a garbage chute? Trash compactor? Yeah, there is. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Uh, dramatic one will probably Luke at the end because of how it's such an indication of what's to come and probably what's going to happen between the movies also that they're not going to show. Not the whole forest battle, but that one specific moment when Rey kind of has her revelation of, wait, I can kind of kick butt with the force and does. Right. I really, really, really hate that Han Kylo scene, but at the same time, because I hate it so much, that means JJ did his job. And that's also kind of one of my favorites for that right. reason. Because I felt so much emotion there. That's how you know it's a good scene. I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Can you help me? Yes, anything. Yeah, so those are probably the dramatic ones as far as the action. Well, the forest battle overall, that was really awesome. I really liked the resistance attack on Takodana when they came up over the over the water and of course that spraying over with the X-Wings and then they're shooting the stormtroopers from the air. That whole thing sequence was amazing. And probably the opening sequence on uh, Jakku uh, with 
Kylo invading the village because even though it didn't turn out so well, um, that was the first scene you saw and you're instantly thrown back into a Star Wars action sequence. So it had that uh, substantial meaning to me. I started tearing up right there. Like right as Poe, I'll never forget as as Poe ran to his X-Wing, that's when it like, I think that's when my body just went, dude, you're watching an awesome Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. And I just started losing my shit like I was fucking four years nice. old or something, you know? Like he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was 1978, and I was uh, how lo- how old would I be in 78? Uh, 10, 15? I can't remember. <laughs> so hard when you eight? fake your age, when you pretend. Oh, eight! Thank you. Yeah, when I was eight in 1978, I I was transported in that moment. Like as you see, I can even still see it in my mind. Like as he runs towards the X-wing, my eyes start watering up, and I'm like, "What is happening to me?" Uh, okay, and then your uh, top three. Overall, top three overall. Um, one is would be Luke at the end uh, to to recap. Another one is actually Ray using the Jedi mind trick on the stormtroopers. Uh, that was fantastic. What did you say? You will remove these restraints and leave this cell with the door open. Tighten those restraints, scavengers scum. You will remove these restraints and leave this cell with the door open. I will remove these restraints and leave the cell with the door open. And you'll drop your weapon. And I'll drop my weapon. And, and partly because she does such an, Daisy Ridley did such an amazing job, I think, acting there, because you can see her, her change, her mentality between when it wasn't working and when it does work. You can see her demeanor and everything just shifts. And I don't know if it's one of my top three or not. I'll have to see again over time, but I really liked the resistance base and just seeing everything in motion with uh, even PZ off to the side and then 3PO and Leia and just everybody, they were all doing something. It really reminded me of the Yavin base, which I used yeah. to think about a lot. I'm like, what would this be? You know, if I could be there, what would it be like to be there? And it re- reminded me of that. My top three dramatic scenes. Uh, number three is Ray Eats Alone. Uh, I just love the way that scene is set up. There are no words, really. And you get so much in that one little like short sequence. And she puts a helmet on and all that stuff right before she meets BB-8. Mm-hmm. I just love that scene. And I'm, I'm so much for these quiet moments that the fact that they gave uh, a character one in a Star Wars movie is beautiful. And I've been waiting for something like that. Uh, then uh, number two is Han confronts Ben, that whole thing, you know, that whole sequence. Uh, everyone's talking about the Force uh, back sequence my favorite is actually right after that when she's out of the uh force flashback and she has that conversation with maz because there's that moment where she realizes there's something about when maz tells her you you know your parents are not coming back whomever you're waiting for on jakku they're never coming back but there's someone who still could belonging you seek is not behind you it is ahead the reaction by ray the the acting that daisy does in that moment because if you read the screenplay it is there's no beat in there for that shot yet she is given this moment to react to those words and it's amazing and that's my favorite that's my number one moment uh 
uh, dramatic scene moment. My top three comedic, you guys have already mentioned it, the thumbs up, but the entire sequence is hilarious when he's trying to convince, he's like, you gotta tell us where your base is. I don't speak that. Between us, I'm not worth the resistance, okay? I'm just trying to get away from the first order. But you tell us where the base is, I'll get you there first. Deal? Droid, please. Pilot driver, hurry. So where's your base? Bomb BB-8, tell him. The Ilenium system. Yeah, the Ilenium system. That's the one. Get us there as fast as you can. I'll drop you to Panema Terminal. I need the bonding tape. Hurry. When he no. stares at that one piece and he just like points at it with his like yeah. face, he's like, Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's okay. so hilarious. I got to get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku. Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? That, that place is no, no, the one I'm pointing to. No, no. No! If we don't patch this up, the propulsion tap will overflow and flood this ship with poisonous gas! This? Yes. My second favorite se- uh, comedic sequence is the entire sequence on the uh, freighter, but specifically... What are you gonna do? Same thing I always do, talk my way out of it. Yes, I do. Every time. Kills a classic me. Harrison Ford point in every movie. Oh, it's so classic. fucking beautiful. And there's even an Indiana Jones run in that sequence. I noticed the, uh, that my first viewing, actually. Yeah, yeah the, the, the fucking monster chase. that's chasing him is the ball chase from yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Star. no, that is a little silly. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, it gives good. a fuck. It's a silly no, movie. I, I, I didn't say it was a bad thing. I need to hurry it up, okay? We can't have this conversation. Yeah. And then uh, my favorite comedic sequence is the entire Finn, Han, Chewie break into Starkiller base. You guys have already mentioned it. Uh, you know, that's not how the Force works. That entire fucking thing. And the fact, it's also could be my favorite dramatic moment, too, because he says, I mentioned it earlier, he says, there are people counting on us. And that's such a character growth moment for Han that he's saying, like, hey, you dumb fucking kid. You can't be dicking around because you want to go fucking fi- save your girlfriend. Like, that's not fucking cool. And that's also why Han is, uh, makes my list of uh, favorite characters in the movie. Uh, and then top three action scenes. Chewie loses his shit. And then I separate these two. Finn fights Kylo and Rey fights Kylo is my favorite. Number one, top three scenes. Starkiller base break-in. Han confronts Ben and Rey fights Kylo is my number one. I think that's such a fucking great sequence. And I just love that she's on the run most of the fight. And she's like she's fucking breaking trees down so that he can't catch her and all this shit. She's stabbing at him. Almost reminds me of the Revenge of the Sith fight with uh, Palpatine. When Palpatine is doing his stupid stabby shit that I hate in Revenge of the Sith. It actually works in this because it looks amateurish. It looked amateurish in Revenge of the Sith too. But it actually makes sense in this movie. And I just love it. And I love the entire fight with her and everything that happens in that sequence. All right. Anyway. All right, Jared. Top right. three quotes. Top three going backwards. I would, From three, I would say number three is I like that Wookiee. Uh, number two is also from Maz. And it is the belonging that you seek is not uh, behind you but ahead of you. Number one is comedic. And it is Finn's line when he says, what do you got on Jack Who? A boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? Uh, Go ahead, Johnny. Number three is... I like that Wookiee. I've been using that one a lot in my life about everything. (laughs) The second one was from Kylo, where he says, Sir, we were unable to acquire the droid on Jakku. It escaped capture aboard a stolen Karelian YT model freighter. The droid stole the freighter. Oh, I forgot about that line. That's like the funniest thing. And, uh, damn. and then number one, uh, and, and probably the reason why he's number two favorite character for me was when Poe 
said, how's this work? Do you talk first? Do I talk first? What? So it's very hard to understand you with all the surgeon. Just like Laura Santeca knew exactly who Kylo Ren was and probably knew him as a boy. Uh, knowing what I know about uh, Poe's backstory is I also think Poe and Ben Solo knew each other. And that's why he wasn't going to cow down to this guy in a mask. He, he knows who he is, and he's not intimidated by the little boy that he knew, like, back in the day. I hadn't really I, thought about that, but that I, makes I, sense. I believe that based on Shattered Empire and stuff from then following that, uh, after introduced Leia, knowing her parent, his parents, they had uh, in the, one, of the, one of the books in uh, Moving Target, they sort of hint that they have, like, this very mentor uh, protege relationship almost like she was a surrogate mother so I thought the exact same thing but then the before the Force Awakenings uh, uh, book came out and Poe's story says he didn't meet Leia uh, until a year before the Force Awakens okay. should make it harder for him to know uh, Kylo but not impossible at all like they could have still known, met but each other you gotta other figure at, if he was sent on this base. special mission with a guy who knew Kylo in the past and all that stuff He, I figure if anybody knows the backstory probably be Poe I didn't even think about that until Johnny just mentioned it but that would actually like make sense idea, why I he's mocking him Poe's the, the man he really is he needed more time in this movie Andy uh, your top three favorite quotes in the movie number three is when, when Han says sanitation just the delivery of that line is great uh, number two would be um Laura Santeca, the first line of the movie, this will begin to make things right again because I think it just does a good job at setting the tone for the and movie. And a jab at the prequels, we get it. It probably, it, it might be. It, it might probably be. is. Number one is, uh, again, Han. Han has a lot of great lines. Um, mm. Talking about Kanja Club. You also bottled 50,000 from Kanja Club. You know you can't trust those little freaks. I just laugh out loud at that every time because uh, it's just so funny the way he's like, you just can't trust those little freaks. Well, and I, I don't, I don't get me wrong, I don't mind it, but it almost makes me feel like he's a little space racist. And that, just like, because they're, oh, they're space agents. Well, but, but, give, me a, give me a chance to explain those. You're not going <laughs> to fucking Did you just say the shit out of these prequels, agents? are you? I'm saying that it makes what? him, specifically Han Solo, seem a little oh space racist, God. but he's also an old spaceman. Oh. So who's more who's he's more likely racist. to be spacist? Exactly. He's a spacist. He's a spacist. Of his, his spacist upbringing. He's the product his of his fault. time. Spacist. No, I, no, I love that. I love that line too. <laughs> uh, what was, was that Clint Eastwood movie about the car where he was just a real racist old man? Oh. There you go. Gran Torino. Yeah. Good call Andy. <laughs> yeah, he's just, so he's just playing he's just in space Gran Torino. That's uh, Han Solo. This is messed up, guys. Okay. I don't <laughs> he's know where with this, his car this is. what happens three hours into a recording. Uh, Kitty, three favorite quotes. Okay. My third one would probably be when Finn's like, oh, like we can use the force. He's so hopeful about it. Like, yeah, guys, we can do this. Like, we'll It's use so the force. idealistic. It's like, <laughs> we will use the force. It actually like, reminded me of, of Princess Bride a little bit for some reason. There's something Princess Bride-y about that delivery. Yeah. It's so cute. We'll use the force. <laughs> <laughs> and then my second one, when Finn's like to Ray, he's like, you're a pilot. You can fly anywhere. Why go back? You got a family? Got a boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? boyfriend? Like, just the way he delivers it, like, it's just, it's too perfect. Yeah. And then, like, my favorite is when Poe's like, I can fly at anything. Like, just, like, the way he says it. Poe's just amazing. I Aww, love him. She loves Poe. Uh, Julia, top three favorite quotes. I know you have them. Ready. Why do you keep grabbing my hand? Stop taking my hand! Uh, stop grabbing times, my yeah. hand. Like, what the fuck? Like, stop touching and, me. And by the way, can I, can I interject? Because no one's going to remember this. I know it. And so I, I had, because it's related to that. It's when he goes, <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. 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 I'm 
the one helping you yeah. with them shit. <laughs> like she so doesn't say that, but it's great right there. It's like just that, yeah. I'm here to help you up, dumbass. And she says, you yeah. know, I, like like stop grabbing my hand a couple times. And yeah. once she says, like I can run without you without you holding yeah. my hand. <laughs> like she like. Oh, Mom, we gotta run. I know how to run without holding my hand. Oh, and and by the way, so, uh, Mary Sue Landis really hates that line. Really hates that line. I thought we weren't going to talk about it. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help it. We're to dignify him. Anyway, um, I also really like, or that's not how the force works. That's my favorite quote. Those are my two favorite quotes. I don't have, have a third. Okay, go ahead, Nick. My top three quotes are number three is... Where's my boyfriend? Number two, from my other, the scene that I like, which is Han saying, and that thing can understand you, so watch it. You can understand that thing? And that thing can understand you, too, so... So watch it. And number one is I like that Wookiee. It's the same quote though, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but I, then I, I can both of them. Oh, I it's like. two different. Oh, uh, yeah, it's because uh, there's a line right before it. Okay, so yeah, you're but right. That, but I, okay, I'll change it up and I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll change it up and I'll go. This is what we look like from Finn. I've never met a resistance fighter before. Oh, this is what we look like. Some of us. Others look different. I, I love their dynamic and I love how funny he is. He's so effortlessly. Just like naturally funny. He's great. Go ahead, Josh. Number three, you know, the Poe. I talk first, you talk first. How's this work? Every time I saw it, it was funny. Number two would be Han and his... What are you going to do? Same thing I always do. Talk my way out of it. Yes, I do. Every time. And then, and then Finn just, you know, asking, right, you got a boyfriend? Cute boyfriend? I was just like, oh, you're being one of those guys. Timmy. Little Timmy. <laughs> I have to say little Timmy because I can't see you. Uh, <laughs> top three quotes. Go! Well, this movie is chock full of amazing quotes, so I pretty much just had to pick the first three that came to my head. Um, uh, first, I'll have to say, uh, yeah, who, who talks first? You know, do I talk first? You know, it's hard to hear with your mask on, that whole sequence. It was awesome. Yeah, so I, I'd have to say that. Um, I like when the stormtrooper says, And you'll drop your weapon. And I'll drop my weapon. Oh, James so Bond. It's super funny. Poor TK007. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I would say uh, when Ray says that you will never be as strong as Darth Vader. <sighs> That's a good line, yeah. And the implications. Right. Super uh, important. And his reaction and all of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much actually in that whole sequence that could have made my favorite sequences if we had done that. Because that sequence is long as fuck. So my top three are That's Not How the Force Works, number three. Now, one that none of you mentioned, which is actually one of my favorite. I think it's in the delivery, the way Driver says it. It's that lightsaber. It belongs to me. I just love the way he says that. And the, especially when you consider the possible history of that, what it means. And I'm being torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Can you help me? That's my mantra. That's what I say when I wake up every <laughs> yeah. morning. You should. That's that's what I say. I'm being <laughs> torn apart. I want to be free of this pain. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Will you help me? And looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. That's why, that's why you have to the mirror put above your bed. Just exactly. For, just for How did you know? How did you know about that? Okay, we can skip a lot of this shit. And I want to do, because it's so important to me personally. That's why I want to do this. Uh, the top three musical moments. That scenes with music where you notice the music being a really important part of the scene. All right. 
uh, I think for me, three is going to also be, I think, maybe in the order they happen. But Ray, uh, at the beginning, when she is, uh, when you first meet her and, and she's sliding down the giant hill. Number two is during the lightsaber duel when she closes her eyes and she accepts the force. It's that musical kind of moment right after that. Right. And my number one would be at the very, very end. I've had that in my head nonstop since like maybe viewing two or viewing three. It's just that the blending of her theme into the Jedi steps and, and Luke's theme at the very end. is yeah. uh, Which is amazing because he, yeah. he fucking, will, most people don't realize it the first time they hear it, but he's basically blending the two completely together into one. It's... Well, and there's there's a, a little bit of an element of the Imperial March in it as well. Like right. it's it's layered and it's in it. I don't know. It's it's for me. It's it's one of the strongest pieces other than Ray's theme for the whole soundtrack, and it really gets to me every time. I agree, Johnny. Your top three musical moments. Mine's real simple. Basically, whenever I recognize music from the original trilogy, it like made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Whenever they went back to the well. Yeah. I, lo- I loved it. I guess that's fine. That's a fine answer. Uh, Andy? My number three, I call it Ray's Awakening, that mm-hmm. music. Um, I like number it. two would be uh, Kylo's entrance. Um, I think from the point when Poe looks up and sees Kylo's shuttle coming in from when you see Kylo walk down, because it's, it's the introduction to Kylo. Oh, theme. Kylo enters the battle. Yeah. Kylo, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, the beginning of the village, yeah, on Jakku yeah, yeah, yeah. village, that. Because um, it's reminiscent, you know, to like Vader walking into the Tanner Four, or Vader walking down the shuttle, right. and then number one is the sand tobogganing, um, the track, the scavenger. It just fits that so perfectly. Yeah, it's, that's um, your number one. That's my number one. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, race theme, right? Ra- yeah. It's called Harder the scavenger, theme, yeah. but the entire her theme is fucking gorgeous. In fact, that entire track is my favorite. Uh, if we were doing that, spoiler, that would be my favorite. Katie, your uh, top three musical moments. Ray is she's like, like her little toboggan thing. I love that part. My favorite one though was at the end uh, when Ray hand, like is like holding the lightsaber and like Luke turns around. Like that whole scene was just amazing. Like, like I just love that. Like there was no words or anything, but yeah, it was so like impactful and emotional. Yeah. It was just totally with you. Fucking Daisy yeah. really is an amazing actor. Oh, yeah, like she- fucking amazing, man. Because she, like, someone else doing that, that could have been cheesy right at the end, and it yeah. worked for me. That it, were those your only answers? Yeah, I can't think of what my other one was. So, uh, Julia, do you uh, have an answer? No, I don't. Okay, no, but that's understandable. You only saw it once, so it's not like like I didn't. I one of my things is the first time I saw it when I came out of it I was like was there music in this fucking movie <laughs> I couldn't hear it like I couldn't hear any fucking musical beats it took like three viewings for me to yeah. fucking start picking it out I think I think I would have said I liked the last one the one that was my favorite that Katie also picked yeah. but that would be oh, the only one I could that's the only one identify you, yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's because I was walking out with it blaring. But I did, I did hear one, and that's actually my number one. But uh, but anyway. Okay, so I'd have to say number three was when they were prepping the X-Wings and they had the Resistance March playing. Uh, number two would be in the Force battle when they play the Force theme when Ray has when Kylo and Ray are clashing sabers. And number one is uh, Jedi Steps and Finale, the end. That, that music is so fantastic. And I, I listened to it before I saw the movie. And the music, when they start playing Binary Sunset, I thought that would be when they start showing Luke. Yeah. But it wasn't. You know, They started that afterward, and they had the, the music before it for when they showed Luke. And I, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and, of course, you know, Finale obviously goes with that. Yeah. 
So those are probably my top three. <laughs> well, ironically, mine mine are the exact same three in the exact same order. You know, <laughs> you know I think the only thing I might substitute in is the opening theme. You know, seeing that and hearing that when you never yeah. thought you would again. Oh you yeah. You know, only only for theatrical re-releases. And you know, it's the most different. If you notice, the yeah. opening trumpets are subtle compared to all the other ones. It's the most well, different sounding of all the opening uh, crawl scenes. It's closer. The, the opening crawl and, and logo is closer to what John Williams because he he took a bunch of takes in the '76 when he was going to record it, and they all sounded different. And they ended up choosing the one that was more jarring that we know. Right. But the first few that he did were closer to this one, so this is almost like yeah. his way of going back and doing what he was originally thinking. Yeah, the thing the thing with the theme is the original three they recorded different each time, and if you go to the soundtrack that's on iTunes. Um, it's the binary sunset alternate. The track is listed at like 13 minutes long or something like that. Yeah. The track itself isn't 13 minutes long. It's like two, three minutes and then silence. And then it cuts into these outtakes of them recording the opening theme with all these different things done each time. And then with the prequel trilogy, my understanding is they just recorded it the one time and just recycled Yeah, just for Phantom Menace, yeah. I think maybe because they recorded the rest of it digitally, not Phantom Menace. Maybe they wanted to keep that recording kind of pure or whatever um all right and go ahead nick number three starting with luke at the end honestly was expecting different music but then the music i did hear i really enjoyed i thought went well with the scene from the pull away shot that i didn't think we'd get as well either from that far shot they had of them both standing there and number two is ray's theme when we first see ray and then number one for me is uh I don't know how to explain it other than uh, the end of the crawl and the the fading of the trumpets and the horns and into that silence of space that the Star Wars has given us. So that crawl, that moment of where we pan down yeah. from space to whatever it is we're going to be looking at. So with the Force Awakens, it's the bottom of a ship, and we're seeing you know three landing vehicles coming out and. The, into the intro of, of Kylo's theme, and it just really, I like that transition from there. My number three is actually the silence, and then they play Torn Apart when yeah. Han and Kylo have their thing. There's no music until he says, you know, I'm, I'm torn, torn apart. apart. Then the music picks up, and it's fucking amazing the way they did it. Um, and then what you guys mentioned earlier, Ray pulls Luke Saber to her. Basically reuse that track from A New Hope. Uh, we think it's the exact same track. It's not even re-recorded. And then my number one, and the only one I noticed, the first viewing, and it was when I really started to tear up. Again, I was so emotionally affected by it. Uh, Ray slides down the sand dunes. And that whole thing, like just the music, I was like, wow, that is fucking, that's just perfect. And really sets a tone for her character. Um, and I think maybe part of why I love her character so much is, is also the music. Like, because mm-hmm. uh, once you see it enough times, you notice almost every time she's on screen, that music is playing in some way, in some form. He's transformed it in every scene that she's in. So the last thing we'll do is uh, the top three ships. 
And we mean uh, relationships that you want to see if you're a big shipper. Go ahead, Jared, since this is your category. I'm, I don't know if anyone else wants to... No, and I don't, I don't mind if you don't. I feel like one is there's something about the, the dynamic between Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, both in real life and on screen, that I'm rooting for their character. So are you shipping John Boyega and Daisy Ridley? or are both. You sh- So you're shipping both of them? Yeah, both. And, 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 I, I, and I, they call each other Peanut. It's adorable. Well, I, you know what? I'll give you this. You took this to heart because that's a real shipper right there. Someone who ships the real people. No, on some level. It's a real shipper because usually shippers are crazy and they no. ship the actual actors. <laughs> and I, I, just a little bit. I'm within reason. Uh, but no, and then the two that I would mention is my other like honorable mentions because you put down three would also be uh, one that could be interpreted as a bromance, but as uh, Oscar Isaac has said, in a couple of talk show interviews, he was playing it as a straight romance between yeah. him and Finn. Right. Uh, so I like that relationship, and I like what Johnny was talking about with the idea that uh, that Poe and Kylo knew each other. So I, I shipped that as a bromance that maybe they were friends as kids growing up, and that it adds a little bit of dynamic. You're not allowed to ship bromances, only romances. What's a relationship? It's, it's a uh, romantic relationship. All right. Well, I'm okay <laughs> if there's a romantic angle. I'm okay with uh, anyone else want to do a shipper thing with Jared so as not can, to make him feel alone? Can we include, can like, friendships? It's, it, look, it should be romantic. Because it's not funny if it's just friendships. It's boring. I'd rather break down barriers. I'd rather see Poe and Finn get together than... Yeah! Than, uh, Katie has a good one. And Ray. It's a, it's a villain one. She has a good one. Oh, Kay- Katie has one? <laughs> yeah, she does. She what do you a, got, a Katie? What do you got, Katie? Admit it, Katie. Katie, I'm do silly. it. Oh, I like Kylo and Hux's relationship. I, thought, <laughs> I, like, I think that would be interesting. You know what? They would. They, that would be some hardcore sex right there. Like they <laughs> would be angry, sex. Yeah, angry sex. Oh my god, it'd be so good. I've had that experience with screamers, and Hux just would be unbearable. All <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> no, Oh, you know, man. that's really funny. See, that's why I ship me and Hux, because that's uh, really, yeah. Uh, two screamers? There also could be the possibility of Phasma turning over to the Resistance and maybe actually hooking up with Finn. <laughs> Off the top of my head, it's got to be if, like, Ray and 3PO. No one thought of that, yeah. but that is I love so... Her answers, dude. <laughs> she's like, you're so shiny. I love things that are shiny. And, and she scavenged all her life, and he's like, he looks at, like he's high quality. He's not all that's that. And also, out. he that's had his arm. The movie, he's got the arm replaced. She can't stand that red arm being on there, so she's mm. got to replace it with a shiny one. <laughs> if I have to ship, I do Boyega Ford, like a true shipper. I ship real people like a nutbag, <laughs> and uh, and I want them to have sexual intercourse with each other. <laughs> and <laughs> Finn and Poe, I mean, obviously, and the number one, and YouTube will tell you this. I am on with YouTube right now, uh, and all the shippers want this romance. That's Kylo and Ray, because there's nine million. Ky- go ahead, to go on YouTube and just type in Kylo. Ray, and you will see just shipper videos left and right. There are some videos that cut out. They cut out sequences because they got the they got the bootleg. They cut out sequences so it looks like they're looking at each other in these moments and like, and they're crying about each other. Oh my god, these are fucking amazing. Anything else we want to talk about before we say goodbye forever? Because we will never do another Star Wars podcast again. 
Crystal. Knights of Outer Ren will in the future talk about everything, not just Star Wars. So Thank just go right. ahead. Say goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys. Goodbye. I was talking to my mom today, right? And she is really into that scene where at the end where Ray and Leia hug. And she was like, just so, I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, she loves me or something like that or something ridiculous like that. But (laughs) she was just so, she was so touched by that scene that she thought that they had to be related in some way. And she has this crazy idea that Leia either, I don't know, conceived Ray the same way that Shmi conceived Anakin. I like or, it. Or that, you know, she was with some other man and Ray is her daughter. Because, like, she was like, that hug was just, like, so meaningful and beautiful. And it just, like, it just, like, it seemed like a really, like, intense, like, big hug. And I was like, well, ants, you know, hug their, you know, their nieces like that, right? I mean, right? And and she was like, no, they don't. It, <laughs> it's more than that. It's more than that. So... Shout out to my mom. I told her that I was going to tell her this. Uh, I don't that know, I, was I, I do this. think I've heard like. this theory before, actually. And I've heard an uh, even weirder one, which is the clone theory. But uh, I think that the problem here is that if she is, and I, you know, I would agree that you would not hug your niece or something like that, unless you thought she was dead. Yeah, if you thought she was dead for 14 years. Yeah, or gone or something. Like you didn't know where she was. Because here's what I think happened, and I, I believe this theory uh, wholeheartedly. And I think even Jason and Randy may have the same theory. I haven't listened to them say it, but I think they have the same theory, which is that it is Kylo who saved her life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and put her on Jakku. That's yes. why he's like, what girl? Uh, Nate's back. <laughs> Look at all the old people. <laughs> Oh, oh, he's he's Kylo Ren, his papa. (laughs) Oh, no, he's touching your face. You're screwed. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's that's the uh, the touch of death right there. Uh, He's got a cold right now, and he just got a cough a little bit today. This is his first one, though, he's ever got. So, other than that, he's been pretty healthy. He's got a lot of snot come out of him today. <laughs> Poor guy. That was like me this week. Uh, I haven't been sick in about four years, and all of a sudden I got sick. I was like, thank you. Thank you, kids. It doesn't kids. seem to stop kids. him, though, man. It doesn't stop him at all. He keeps rolling. Oh, no, of course not. Kids, man. Jeez. I mean, he didn't really get the shit beat out of him. You know. He kind of got the shit beat out of him. No, I mean, he kicked everybody's he ass. He could have gotten killed. He, he got shot. Killed. He got shot by the most badass weapon in the fucking movie. And he still kept. Yeah, fighting. but Ray could have. Ray could have killed him. She could have killed him. She could have killed him. Yeah, yeah. No, she she could have. But also, we don't know. Like there are things we don't know about that, and also, we see in that moment where Ray, uh, whatever, uses the Force, <clears throat> and that's the first time that she actually gets the upper hand on him. She never has the upper hand on him until that point, and the entire fight, she's in retreat. 
And when she finally gets the upper hand on him, she actually changes. If you watch the next time or if you ever watch the movie again, you will see she changes up her grip and she goes into her staff uh, attack. So with the attack that she's learned before, which is using the, uh, you know, like her forearms more as her attack, that's what she uses to attack him, drives him back, and then she does one stab to get him in the shoulder. That's when he backs up, and that's when she, you know, then they get into a, a hold where they hold each other's uh, lightsabers. And by that point, he's wounded, se he's severely wounded already. He's, he's wounded again by her. And he's been bleeding for a while. So, and then, you know, whatever turmoil is going on inside mm -hmm. his head. And also, we don't know whether there's some people who posited whether she is a mimic force user, maybe like where she can mimic his powers or something like that. We don't know. We, cause there's, it, we don't know. We don't know. Like, there's some people who posited that when she uses the force, she's actually draining him because there's a well, something and, uh, is going on in his face too when she is, when she closes her eyes. That would be kind of a cool him. idea. Well, that's that's sort of, sort of Matt Martin uh, from isn't that his name uh, from uh, Lucasfilm, uh, who does the uh, uh, social media? Is, is that his name Matt Martin? Yeah, yes. the little dude, skinny little uh, dude. Yeah, he uh, he was positing something very similar. Like, and he's not into you know, he knows everything we know and a bunch no, Jared, more. we're losing you for a second there. Is it um, roboticizing or? Yeah, hold on. Maybe it just takes a second. Yeah, we lost you for a second too. Video. So it's definitely a connection thing. Is it, right, is it better ahead. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, he was saying um, he was positing something similar, you know, and it wasn't based on I think inside information, but he had suggested that maybe uh, she learned the uh, you know the mind control from Kylo when he was accessing the memories, like that yeah. it was working both ways, and it just opened up all sorts of doors, and even more so when she lets the Force in, you know, like later on, that just all of a sudden she has access to everything Kylo knows. We're losing you again. I'll just finish it. Uh, yeah, because I've heard this theory, and it's that basically every time that we see Kylo do something to her, she, it's, she seems to learn another power. And so he mind reads her, tries to mind read her, and all of a sudden she has a mind reading ability. And either he's unlocking something that she learned before, or she is some sort of mimic force user. So they don't spell it out in this movie because unlike the other Star Wars movies, they went into this one knowing what they could lay, they could lay down like story beats that would pay off in the next movie. And so that's what they were doing with this one and it's possible that what she does every time he uses the force on her she's able to take his power or unlock a power that she already knew and use it against him and that's possibly what she is doing in the lightsaber fight too because again if you watch it again he is never getting his ass handed to him at any point until he she closes her eyes and then you watch his face. Something is happening to him. He's like, it's possible that she is siphoning off his power or something. We don't know, though. I mean, they didn't spell it out and it's not spelled out in the book. But there's something going on even in the I think in the book and the screenplay, there's mm -hmm. some hint at it. I think well, it goes back to uh, episode four. Uh, Obi-Wan says or, or Luke asks, you know, it guides your action. The force guides your actions. And Obi-Wan says, yes, but it also obeys your commands. And I think when she tapped into the force, the force guided her. I think that was more the force guiding her than, mm -hmm. than anything else. And I think the expression on his face was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like we are meant to think that the force is in a lot more control than you know, we, even the audience or anybody realizes. And so if it, if she will just listen to the force, the will of the force, which is a, uh, 
a prequel notion, then uh, she will be able to do exactly what the Force wants her to do. And it's possible that she was trained before. I, you know, a lot of people think that she may have been trained to Luke's Academy. I'm not so sure about that right now. But there's definitely some sort of thing. Like, she's been training all these years on Jakku to survive. And she's basically just using those survival skills in that moment. But she has the Force with her when she does it. Just like how Luke can fucking blow up the Death Star. Because he's done this before and now he's using the Force. And so he can do it better than he could before. And he needs training so he can do it even better and become the great Jedi. But in that moment, Kylo Ren is also badly wounded. I mean, he's terribly wounded, in fact. And we, uh, the entire movie, they con- they show us over and over how badass that fucking bowcaster is. That is not just a laser bolt; it's like a fucking grenade. And yet, well, and truly, Kylo always Ren- accurate until that moment too, right. which I, and, I think is well, super significant because he's so emotional in that moment and, and, cons- and conflicted. I think because I mean, knowing as a kid, know, he's known. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, until he was sent away with Luke, you have every reason wait. to believe he's his uncle. You know. You're saying Chewie wasn't accurate? I know he he was 100% accurate until that moment and even in the book and in the screenplay it says he hits his uh, his his left side. Yeah. Yeah. He misses him side. basically because he this is a accurate, kid he's known meaning, his entire life. Meaning it wasn't a kill shot. Yeah, I every mean, other time he, he every other time he hits a stormtrooper point fucking blank in the chest like like the time that the doors open it shatters yeah. the armor. You see pieces of the armor fly And in off. fact he shoots him in the one area where I believe I can't remember if it's in the book or something but someone mentioned it. He has armor there. He so has the one place belt, that Chewie shoots belt. him is in the arm the area where uh Kylo he's, has armor. He's least vul- or yeah, where he's least vulnerable, where yeah. he's most protected. <laughs> I don't know. I, I see your point. I see your point. I just I think you're being a little hard on the Wookiee, saying he's inaccurate. I mean, he was no, probably no, no, no. He's I saying he purposely he purposely didn't kill it's him. His, it's his little buddy. I, th- yeah. I think that it's it's. It, and uh, who was someone today said uh, uh, lumberjack Nick had said he was thinking, oh shit, does this mean my life debt transfers to this kid? <laughs> oh <laughs> like, shit! He, he couldn't hit him on a. He couldn't kill him. So that's why he's actually shot by Chewie, because we know that he can block every fucking bolt coming at him. He can stop it in midair, but he doesn't at that point because he is weak. Mm-hmm. So that whole setup is to show that Kylo usually would block it, and Chewie, when he hits you with that fucking blaster or that uh, bowcaster, is going to fucking knock you on your ass, and yet he doesn't block it and doesn't knock him on his ass because, one, he's very strong, and two, he's hit in an area that kind of absorbs the damage a little bit so he can survive Mm -hmm. it. But he's badly wounded him. And that's why when we see him later, the reason he's hitting himself is because he's trying to, like, the pain will give him power. So he keeps hitting himself in the side to give himself power because he's basically dying. And that's why, and still, he he goes into that fight with uh, Finn. And, you know, some people go, oh, and Finn even gets a shot in. Yeah, and the second he gets a shot in, because he's toying with him, uh, Kylo ends the fight, like, quickly and fucking violently. And the same thing with uh, Ray. Ray is just running the entire fight. She's yeah. running away from him. She gets a few shots in, but he blocks everything. It isn't until that moment where she uses the Force and all that stuff, and by that point, he's already weak. And remember, he's been specifically told by Snoke to bring her to him. So he's not trying to kill Finn in the beginning of the fight because he wants the lightsaber. He wants it intact. And at the end of the fight, he's trying to take Rey with him because he's been ordered to. 
So those are all things that you have to consider in looking at that fight sequence. And he's badly wounded. And he just killed his father, and he, and he feels disempowered after it. Mm-hmm. So all these things come into play when you're seeing that fight. And it's not as – so the first time I saw it, I felt the same way as, as Julia did. I was like, well, that was way too easy, as I said earlier. But once you watch it again, once you start to take in all the pieces of that fight and everything that's been set up before that, like I said, with the bowcaster, uh, with his ability to block everything and all that shit that went into it, you understand why he loses that fight. Hey, guess what, Magnus? Look who I have for you. What? Is it Ahsoka? <laughs> it's the real world Ahsoka. Hi. Oh, my God. It's real Hello. Ahsoka. Nice to see all of you. Hi. Nice oh, to see you. Real Ahsoka. I recognize three of them. Uh, okay. Okay. okay, okay. That, that one. Uh, by by Ahsoka. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> Why? <laughs> which, which three? Oh, well, she knows that's Johnny Grasso. That's my. She, yeah, she knows. Uh, no, she knows me. She knows Jared, and and she knows uh, you, Magnus. Oh, she doesn't know Johnny. I don't think so. I don't. You haven't. Johnny you haven't met my so? my roommate. Uh, no, she hasn't met. Johnny, you, you, you and Ahsoka don't know each other? That's uh, so no. weird. That I just seems like Ahsoka, Ahsoka and Johnny should know each no, other. Oh, I wish we had been recording so that she could have been on a podcast. Aww. <laughs> oh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, what the hell? Okay, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> we went way off on that fucking one. That wouldn't even make the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the outtake, that would make an outtake, though. Uh, us all meeting Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate we weren't recording video, though, because that oh, would have been awesome. Uh, Very brief space uh, battle. No, the there's end. none. There's no space battle. There is a, there is one shot or two where No, everyone space. thinks it's a space battle. They're in gravity. It's just dark. Okay. It's just dark. It's no, in the no, atmosphere. Yeah, it's in well, atmosphere. The sun's, coming, the sun's going out, too. I saw stars, okay? When, yeah, when but I that's only because time. it's dark. That's I'll what tweet, happens when the night... It, okay? That's what when the night comes, <laughs> you... Yes. That being that being said, not not with the moving on. It's not even explained how. Oh, he's the best star pilot. Why? Cause you tell me. Cause you tell me he's the best star pilot. There's no. Where's proof. his training? Where's his Where's training? His training? I don't douche, see man. it. He's a super douche. Don't listen to that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even get laid from being a director on his own oh, movies. Oh man, that is mean. Women True. should uh, women should sh- women should be grateful to have the chance to sleep with him. That's what, what he said in that one rant. Yeah, him and his pink hair. What? I didn't even hear that <laughs> one. Uh, no, the, the, that one was epic. He has pink hair right now. The, the, the link to uh, his uh, crazy indulgent thing is epic. But we're oh, giving him God. way more time than we used to. Yeah, yeah no, that, all that oh, stuff gets cut. All that stuff oh. gets cut. That scene where he offers her all that money or whatever, all that food for BB-8, um, somebody somewhere else suggested that in that moment, he knows exactly who that droid belongs to. And that everyone is in on it. Like every, that's why when he radios them, they know exactly why they're getting that droid. They know because it's Kylo's droid or the droid that Kylo is looking for. Yeah. And that everyone is on notice at that point. That's why they come after him and all that shit. And that's why they go after her because they are already afraid of uh, Ray. And so they know to capture the droid, not hurt Ray too much because they know that Ray is a badass fighter. And it's just, it's not really put across really in the movie, but that's why they go, that's why they put the net over BBA and all, and like all this stuff. Like, 
I think that they are all fully aware of who BB-8 is. Yeah, and they are waiting for her. When she gets there, they're waiting for her to show up with BB-8. And that's oh, yeah. why he sees the droid and he goes, oh, I'll give you all this. He's already prepared for that. And when the, she doesn't take it, they're like, okay, plan B. The whole accent thing in this world is very, it follows no known uh, rule. Whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Like, I know. Pa- Pablo was, was saying that in Empire that Leia changes halfway through how she says Han. And yeah. my brother's like, whoa, whoa, that makes sense. Because maybe she, you know, he heard, she heard Lando say Han. So she mimics him because they're older friends. And I'm like, oh, that would make sense, except she starts it on the ship right before she gets to the Cloud City. Like, why? Why? It also, if you change accents, like that can happen. Like, you know, I speak multiple languages. So if you if you say my name in Icelandic, it's Magnus. If you say it in English, it's Magnus. If you say it in Albanian, it's Magnus. And so I hear it all different ways. So when I if I go to a family get together, I may say my name three different ways to three different people that I'm introducing myself to because it's the inflection is different in each language and I want them to understand what I'm saying. So like I would never go to an American. Hi, my name is Magnus. They'd be like, ma, what? So I go, my name is Magnus. And they'll be like, oh, OK, cool. Magnus, cool name, man. Yeah, it's not how you actually pronounce it. But I, I had a Swedish roommate in college whose name was Andreas, but he he introduced himself as Andreas, and he actually had a friend from the exchange program who was named Magnus. Who yeah, and we the, would say his name is Andreas. Mm-hmm. So that's how we yeah. would say it. So it's like all Paris, different. Yeah. yeah, and also you may be speaking to someone in English, but pronounce their name in Icelandic. Like, uh, you know, I have Icelandic friends or Icelandic family members. And when I talk to them, I might be speaking English, but I won't say their name. Like my uncle Skule, I don't say Scully like the right. Americans No, do. of course. So I, but he and I speak in English all the time. Was anybody else weirded out that there weren't any other like familiar alien species? Yeah, no, I never, I never thought about it once. See, I don't, I don't. I ended up thinking. I I ended up thinking about it for a sec. No, because yeah, bother me, but I I agree. Because people, yeah, go ahead. People don't, people don't count Nyanyub, Chewbacca, Akbar. Like there's a ton right there. And Jar Jar's bones. (laughs) <laughs> no one counts those. Yeah, I found those. Just kidding. I haven't. I haven't yeah, I'm it. No one cool counts the I, I I agree, Julia. It would have been cool to see some in the background, but I, it doesn't bother me. I would rather than. We were all, we were all like the like the hot like Twi'lek ladies. Like oh, well, that's they were something done hanging out at Mas Kanata's. Yeah. Couple Toe Grutens, I wouldn't have minded. But they're in a different yeah. side of the world, though. Oh, that's the thing, or the and, different uh, side of the galaxy. The Turkle, the the guy who they call like the Turkle. Twi'leks. Seems like Twi'leks are as common as humans. They're Seems like they're everywhere. But, Maybe but, the only reason they didn't have one is because they want to introduce one soon. Ba- Baba Joe. Oh, yeah. maybe. Tr- maybe tr- Ray's guy? lover is gonna be. Uh... <gasps> we can only hope she's oh, super hot Twi'lek. <clears throat> they did say that Ryan Johnson is gonna do something weird that we've never seen before in the next Star Wars movie. There was one though. He better uh, get really weird. You mentioned it, you know, it's one of my favorite musical moments when there's that cue. He reacts before the lander sound effect starts. He looks up. He's already freaking the fuck out, but he looks up like he sees the lander coming before you hear it, which is odd. It doesn't mean anything, but I I feel like I feel like it's possible that he's going to be force sensitive like Maz Kanata, who we never see do anything. It's only that's why feeling. Ma, that's it's why only Maz feeling vibes. And he's so too, empathic yeah. too. Like, like all, he immediately wants to yeah. save Ray, and it's like a switch went off. And even like Hux and Phasma say, like there was no signs of of uh, nonconformity before. Like, like it's a weird glitch exactly. that he acted like all of a sudden. And I think about it 
the four, the three leads in this, I think, are going to be different forms of touch by the Force. You know, Lucas said later on that Han had the Force, and that's how he's such a great flyer. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that Poe clearly with the Force tree, they added it in with the comic book. It's not doesn't add a lot into it, but he grew up with a Force imbued tree right. glowing in his backyard, and I maybe think maybe that's why he's such a badass pilot. Exactly. No I think that po- I force. think that Poe is not Force sensitive exactly, but he's lucky as shit. Tr- yeah. Tracy mentioned it as touched by the Force, and I think yeah. I don't I don't know that I go that far, but I sort of agree because when you think about it, that that moment, that awakening that Kylo reacts to is the first time that Finn, Ray, and Poe are all on Jakku at the same time. Right, but also go back and watch the movie again. And mm-hmm. when his friend puts the blood on his helmet, watch how Finn reacts. He doesn't react as soon as the blood is on his helmet. Watch this. If you haven't noticed it before, he reacts like two seconds after. And he, he does a take like, like this. Like, oh, it's really delayed. Why is it? I'm sure that they did that on purpose. I think that's when something happens. Some humanity sort of activation happens. Some, yeah. And that's why Kylo Kylo knows immediately when they're like, we've been betrayed. And he goes, yep, I know exactly who that yeah, is. He remembered the trooper. No, you're absolutely right. But he right. knew his and, number, everything. He knew everything about yeah. him. And he already looked at him. He gave him a weird look. And when you watch the movie again, watch for this, whatever it is. There's some sort of distortion around his face. Almost looks like the camera's out of focus when it turns to, um, to Kylo Ren when he's looking at Finn. Watch mm-hmm. for it the next time no. you watch the movie. I'm Something's going on. They're laying down some fucking seeds for something. <laughs> and I think the reason that he gets his spine fucking cut off and all that shit, he's going to think he's not force sensitive. He was never meant to be a fucking force user. And that's why he's going to become one. Because now that he doesn't want it, that's when he's going to get it. But I, I think he might be a passive form like Maz. And I think he might be a guide rather than Maybe. a Maybe. warrior. That's, that's, my, that's my off the wall hope <clears throat> slash theory right now. But anyway, I thought uh, it was interesting to mention that because there are a lot of things going on in this movie that I think people watch this one as if they were watching any other Star Wars movie. But this is the first Star Wars movie where they had already started mapping out the other movies before they finished this one. And they were already laying down the seeds for the next movie in this Mm -hmm. one. And as they were editing it, Ryan Johnson was writing the next one and making suggestions about what they should Mm -hmm. use and what they shouldn't use. Well, and even... I've said it before... Uh, but I think this is Chewie's best movie by far. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, definitely. Like by far, Chewie's best movie. He's really like he was always a cool character, but I think we we built him up to more than he really ever did. It was the first time you could see his hands on on, on and him him walk going up a ladder and shit. You know, like we'd never seen that before. Just we only seen the after effect fingers. of him going up a ladder. Like they was just they were just fur before, like a Muppet. Like he didn't yeah. actually make fingers before now. Like it's kind oh, of that's lost. right, yeah. That's like right. like that that that's interesting to me. Like he, clearly he had more to do if they had to show him doing stuff with his hands. <laughs> Fuck it, JJ. Gotta make Chewie better. What a dick. Ruined my childhood by making Chewie Ruined my childhood. more uh, more well rounded. I hate when the Asshole. fucking JJ does shit Damn it, like Jar Jar that. Abrams. Fucking Fuck. Jar Jar. Yeah. I just want to. F- I, I just want to find that person. Oh, I did not think he was <laughs> going to say I, I, find. I you, yeah, I, I didn't think you were going to say. Did find not either. think he was going to use the find word. Like, I just want to <laughs> fuck that person. Yeah, I I heard you, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> I just want. Yeah, you know what? I want to find her too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to find her pretty hardcore. He's going to find okay. her so hard he's going to get her pregnant. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ooh. If we're going to dance around it.
twice. <laughs> yeah, it'll be weird. They'll be like, wait a minute, why did we hear two Jareds? Don't do it, Jared. <laughs> no, I'll be very. Jared, Jared changed his accent like, this halfway Jared, through the goodbye. podcast. Oh yeah, do a different accent, Jared. That's right. Um, all right, three. <laughs> three, two, one. Say goodbye. Bye. 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 What? You can't say it twice. <laughs> you ruined that take.